Number one movie for 2019. Number one through ten. Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I'm done. Something's coming. Welcome, everybody, to episode 174 of the Screamcast. I am Sean DeRager, and with me is a full house today. We got uh, Michael Delaney. Is this the first time, full house? Uh, maybe. This is Fuller House. Whatever happened to? <laughs> so we got Michael Delaney. I was this like, is Fuller House, because we had one. We had one with all of us. That was okay, Full okay. House. Oh, okay. Fuller House. Okay. This is Fuller I, House. I was waiting for Mike to say hello. <laughs> hello. Okay, uh, and with us uh, is uh, Stephanie Crawford. Hello. And uh, I think Brad Henderson's with us. I don't know. Yes. Hi. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So today we are going to be kind of wrapping up 2019, even though it's kind of a short year for us as a podcast. Um, we're going to kind of wrap up our favorite watches. And uh, Brad, can, let, let, tell me what, what, we're, what we're doing today. because uh, We're doing 10 of... 2019 2019 what did i say 2019 uh favorite uh discs and then um we have uh top 10 uh favorite films and then five of uh kind of inspired by of course our our, uh one of our former hosts good friend brian sour as his film discoveries doing five uh new to me um titles so uh anything I have won 2018. I thought that was a little cheap, but uh, I couldn't. I couldn't help myself. But yeah, I, I didn't know if you guys picked things that were older, or did like did you cheat too? And it was like 2018. I saw this. I might have or, a. I might have a 2018 in mind. That's fine. That's fine. I, I, I have for one the new too. to me. Yeah. I specifically yeah. avoided that. I I really really tried. I was like, I'm gonna do this, and then there was just one that hit me, and I'm like, ah, I can't skip it. So, yeah, we're going to do those. And then obviously, you know, uh, with the top 10, I know we're going to have um, certain ones that fall fall in. So we're going to try to keep those short. Let's all keep it short. That's my goal. Let's, Why let's, are <laughs> you telling us that? Well, because I we're going to do this <laughs> because we're all like all four of us. Obviously, the best movie this year is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And all four of us can't talk about it. You still can't say the name of that movie. Say it again. <laughs> Once, once upon a Hollywood. <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood. Great. Take the three seconds to say it every time. Now say it fast. <laughs> <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood. All right. Uh, so, well, I have I have five of each. I because this year's been a that is fine, Sean. You go ahead with your five. Go five go, of go, each. Go for so it. And fine. if it, if it fine. overlaps. We'll say something real quick, you know, maybe a little like 30 second, like, hey, you know, Sean, you are right in this situation. <laughs> so uh, Stephanie, before we start recording, had an idea and we're going to put Brad on the spot right now. And oh. uh, Stephanie, what was your idea? Just, I'm OK with it. Let me- Stephanie's <laughs> always always has great ideas. So I'm Stephanie, OK with let it. Us know. Just tell me what we're going to do. Okay. I already approve. 
basically an elevator pitch for every single one trying to quote unquote sell the movie in one to two sentences just because there's so many of us and all right so you said elevator pitch one to two sentences and then you cut out yeah that's all i said that's that's the whole idea all right (laughs) all right sounds good all right okay so what are we starting with uh um you you go through your five the year are we doing uh the the, the 2019 2019 we'll bro blu-rays and then discoveries yes yeah that sounds perfect okay hold on a <laughs> second i gotta hold on let me grab, let me grab my stack you own everything already well i i um i do i built the last movie i saw in the theater was star wars rise of skywalker that's just now is that on there <laughs> <laughs> number one movie for 2019 Number one through ten, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. I'm done. I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. I this purposely is, this left. Is what's going to make us go longer? I purposely. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely left off uh, Rise of Skywalker. So we're doing elevator elevator pitches, right? <laughs> yeah. Starting with me is bad. Starting with me is bad. Here we go. All right, uh, these are in no particular order, and I did, like I said, I, I chose five. Um, number one: two racist cops. Uh, try to steal money and they're assholes and they're horrible, but I love this movie, uh, Dragged Across Concrete. Dragged Across Concrete, yeah. Good one, good one. Um, second one, um, handful of goth kids get mad and burn down churches uh, and one kills himself. Uh, Lords of Chaos is uh, my second. Am I doing good on the elevator pitches? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do this but yeah they're good <laughs> <laughs> all right um a bunch of big monsters get together and decide to have a rave uh godzilla king of monsters decides to have <laughs> <laughs> i like sean's elevator pitches but this is impossible and, and then uh the f- fourth one here um uh let's see here uh a bunch of animatronic puppets from uh Chuck E. Cheese decide to kill people in very creative and grotesque ways. Banana the, splits? The banana splits movie. Oh my god. These are top <laughs> This five is actually toys. fun to guess. Like that's the <laughs> that's the thing with Sean is fun to guess these. So don't say the title like right after. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, and finally, um, an aging stunt double decides not to have a blowjob from a 15-year-old. Uh, <laughs> with an aging actor that is uh, a terrible elevator to, pitch <laughs> decided to try to uh, reinvigorate his career and then uh, some Easy actress breezy. who is not connected at all to anything is in there and then kind of meets everyone at the end for like a second that is terrible um, so yeah once upon <laughs> once upon a, time. We'll, just, we'll just get it over with because this is my uh, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood <laughs> <laughs> just messing with me is uh, is on my list number one i know it's on uh mike's as well steph yeah it, it's number one yeah. for me so yeah it's just i mean there's no reason to talk about it. everybody knows it it's just on all our lists it's it's perfect to me I've, I've, i'm gonna watch it constantly i would say to me it's um it's it could be his best movie in my opinion like the more i've, I've watched it twice yeah it's it's, and I'm it's like, getting up this there. is like his like yeah. Like it's so Tarantino, but so reserved. It's it's 
it's it's like you know, restrained. It's still gonna, but it's not like that's the crazy yeah. part, right? Yeah. Like if you don't normally like Tarantino, I would still recommend this to you. I would totally. suggest this being the one you try out again. Yeah. So it's it's up there. I mean, of course, with me, I mean, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, Death Proof. Those are like my top three. This is I'm gonna beat one of those eventually. Um, it's it's and it's very very rewatchable. That's that that's the oh, cool totally. thing about this movie. So. So All right, uh, Steph. Ah, Steph. Okay. Uh, besides what's going on in Hollywood, uh, <laughs> we have the great South Korean yet completely borderless look at social class and family structure with Parasite. That didn't sound fun, but this movie sure <laughs> is. Should I try like a Jean Shallot thing? With <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next, is a little scene uh, comedy that stars Mark Marin. It's called Sword of Trust. Oh, and uh, it involves a Confederate sword being b- brought into a New Mexican pawn shop and a white supremacist that wanted and the, the lesbian couple who owns it not wanting it to end up in their hands and hijinks ensue. Um, it really went under the radar, but it's incredible. One of my favorite comedies of the year, just like Extraordinary, uh, which is a horror comedy. And uh, my favorite subgenre, of course, my favorite is one that's incredibly hard to pull off, but uh, Extraordinary uh, combines a lot of slapstick, a lot of gore, a lot of heart. It just balances everything out perfectly. And I, I think it's one of those movies that because I saw that too, and I kind of want to watch it again because it was unexpected. But that third act is so good, mm-hmm. and and I think I don't know. I wasn't really digging it, but the third act kind of came around. I think I I'm definitely going to rewatch that. Uh, Steph, what was the Mark Maron film? I'm trying to get these down on a Sword of Trust. Sort of trust. I want to see that. Look at Mike, all professional and shit. Thank you, thank you. I'm trying I'm to make listening. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> all right. Okay. Um, I also have the crowd pleaser. Dolomite is my name. Uh, seeing Wesley Snipes and Eddie Murphy kind of show that they still had that enthusiasm. They just weren't really given the best material to use it. I think that infused the entire movie with this great energy. Uh, No surprises in it, but it's just a beautiful way to do a biopic. It's a lot of fun, and I I feel like it's getting a lot of people into Rudy Ray Moore, which is wonderful. That's a um, lot of people who's never would never really watch Rudy Ray Moore because we of course we know him because we got the we're, we got the Blu-rays and stuff you know, but so many people I wouldn't have even thought would watch, you know, a Dolomite flick. Like we're all watching this movie and then discovering Rudy Ray Moore is pretty cool to see. Yeah, I love it when that happens. <laughs> you know who the biggest fan is of Rudy Ray Moore? Rudy Ray Moore. There you go, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And another one I saw. Um, I don't think it's coming out in America until next year, but had it like it won awards already and everything. So it counts as Boys in the Wood. Ooh, I know it's out on Amazon Prime. Oh, it is? Okay, great. 
Yeah, it just got, uh, of course, dumped like most digital movies do. But yeah, yeah. which is, is unfortunate. Great. We saw it together, title, right? Yeah, the title is not great. But... <laughs> no, it's terrible, but it's... Really, it's <laughs> please, extremely, please, please don't hold that against it. Extremely well shot. Well, no, I, it, it's beautiful. It has a classic story of a bunch of misfit kids uh, getting whipped into shape. Um, but it's in the Scottish Highlands, and there it's ultra violent, and there's shades of Monty Python in there. It just it's incredible. It's fun if well, you're. Well, I was gonna say, I think the big pitch is that they're getting attacked by the elderly. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of the Monty Python for me, like yeah. those granny that granny thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really good. It's fucking funny too. Yeah, it's just fresh as hell. Um, and then uh, Daniel isn't real. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Which That's a good one. Yeah. Oh man, I I love that. I thought of the elevator pitch idea, and I'm terrible at elevator pitches. <laughs> I totally yes, overlooked I that aspect of it. But if you like mind trip horror movies, uh, ones that aren't afraid to dig into kind of a lot of emotional gristle to get a lot of that nightmare fuel going. Daniel isn't real is where you should go. It's really stylish, but not because it's trying to slick over a lack of plot or anything. It's just really that good on every single level. And uh, next I have to say happy death day to you. I something about these two movies, especially the sequel. It did everything they say you probably shouldn't do in a sequel. Like, let's explain away everything. Let's bring in an entirely new genre. Hell, let's make it science fiction. Uh, but they pulled it off, which to me is really incredible. I just rewatched it again a couple nights ago. And uh, I, I feel like they chose the hardest things to do in a genre movie, and they pulled it all <laughs> off. But because it's so much fun, they're not really getting the credit for it. I love that one because that's one that I can take out and like watch with my daughter my son and my wife like it was like it's yeah, a good little exactly. family uh <laughs> horror sci-fi i can't imagine anyone hating it i can imagine being like eh, okay but hating it that won't make yeah i didn't hate it it's just those movies like they're fun that's how i kind of present them they're 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 fun and i did like how the second one didn't rehash um what they did in the first one that was mm-hmm. kind of fresh they did a whole different thing, which I thought was kind of unique. So. And I think I think that's Christopher Landon, though, having reverence for the the first film. He just directed it. He didn't write it. And then on the second one, he writes it and directs it. So he gets oh. to take it more in uh, the direction that he saw instead of the writer of Look the original. Right. Man, Mike is just a fucking scholar today. Look at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's a teacher. And uh, <laughs> us. I loved us. I love us too. Oh, I mean, yeah. us. Like, I don't know <laughs> the movie, but I mean, I I, I like us. And that was it. Was surprised. I I really enjoyed it, and I'm also one of those people that didn't really care for Get Out all that much. Um, so I was really looking forward to us because I liked the style in Get Out. I just didn't really care, but I also need to rewatch it. Um, but uh, yeah, us really uh, hit. I, I really really dug that and how wacky it was. So. I would vote for Get Out for Best Picture again if I could. Huh. I got to rewatch it. I I think I was expecting something and I didn't get that. I got something else and I wasn't prepared for it. But I always do that. Like I'm one of those people that will watch a movie that I didn't care for again before I watch something that I loved. 
because I always want to give stuff a second chance because you just never know what might. I mean, any movie really, because there's some movies that I love that I watched and I'm like, oh, why did I like that so much? And vice versa. So um, I'm always yeah, a two, I always blame two, two film. Well, it depends. Like, I mean, you're at a festival, you know what it's like, you've done your festivals now, you know, going to a festival, watching something at midnight, you might fall asleep, you might be a little bored, you rewatch it at home alone, and it's perfect, you know, or you watch something at a festival, and you're laughing, because audience is laughing, and then you watch it at home, you're like, this actually isn't that good. Like, so it happens. And you're allowed to have that. So. All right, Mike. <coughs> All right. When are Stephanie, Stephanie done? Oh, 10? I think I cut out. One, two, three, four, five, six. Did, did you do seven or did, did I miss a couple? <clears throat> Wait, I thought you just said us was the last one. Yeah, that's all I'm doing. Oh, okay. We if are Sean the last can do five. one. <laughs> all right, I'm just making sure. Just making sure you're, you're, not, you're not getting cut off, Stephanie. That's all. That's all. Well, I was just <laughs> saying a whole thing that I think I cut <laughs> off, but that's okay. Mike. All right, here we go. Uh, <clears throat> first one is... Uh, how would I describe it? A bearded viral video star goes across the country to meet contractual uh, obligations. It's uh, Scott Ackerman's Between Two Ferns, the movie. <laughs> I love that one. Just the stupid uh, kind of comedy that I'm, I'm really into. Uh, second one is a documentary from one of my favorite documentarians. It's, uh, how could I describe it? Um, rich kids get stuck on an island eating cheese sandwiches. It's uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Smith's uh, Fire. Love that very memeable movie this year. <laughs> What's it called? Uh, Fire, like this Fire Festival. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That was a so funny. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. The, the Fire Festival. But Chris Smith, the guy who made it, is amazing. He's the guy who did American <laughs> Movie, The Yes Men. He did uh, Jim and Andy a couple years ago. Um, third one is a repeat from Stephanie's list. It's uh, My Science Project with Mommy Issues. It's uh, <laughs> Christopher Landon's Happy Death Day to You. Uh, next one is the better of the uh, rock biopics of the last couple years. It's uh, not directed by Brian Singer. It's Rocket Man. Yes, so good. Next one I would describe as uh, the Big Southland Tale. It's the pot noir from uh, David Robert Mitchell under the Silver Lake. Um, next one, Daddy Issues in Space, a la Apocalypse <laughs> Now, Ad Astra by James Gray. Uh, next one I've talked about forever it's uh an autistic man gets casper's autograph the fanatic um <laughs> how did i leave the fanatic off my list <laughs> damn it uh next one is audience has to wrestle with uh controversial views of violence after sharon tate is not murdered once upon a time in hollywood um next man, one Mike's is really good at this Jeez, uh -huh. <laughs> i know uh, i want to redo mine <laughs> Uh, next one is the uh, the timeless tale of uh, not fucking steak and farting in front of your, your friends. That's the Lighthouse by Robert Eggers. And finally, it's a it's a tale of two cities with noodles and uh, sirloin. It's uh, Bong Joon Ho's Parasite. Man, that's really good. Nice. I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to top that. Holy I'm just shit. gonna go through them really quick. Uh, and in and, and no particular order because uh, that's not good. Um, so we'll cross off once a time in uh, shit. <laughs> once upon a time in Hollywood. Um, uh, another one was uh, Dr. Sleep, which I'm surprised. Uh, they, we're not going to actually have much overlap here. Uh, obviously, everyone knows Dr. Sleep was. It hit me pretty hard. Um, 
Uh, next up was uh, Greener Grass. It's uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to pitch Greener Grass. It's a movie that's in fucking insane. It's it's the exact type of absurd comedy that I like about uh, a, a killer in sub- this crazy suburbia where all the parents and adults have braces and a kid <sighs> turns into a dog. Um, what the fuck? I, yeah, dude, Greener Grass is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's, uh, I think it might be streaming now or available to rent, but uh, it's um, uh, uh, Donahue and Doberman, I think, are the, uh, the two ladies that wrote and directed and starred in it. It's, it's really perfect. It's just a really, really funny movie. Um, next up was, uh, I don't think this was released yet, was uh, Postal. It was originally known as Bronco, but mm. it's about a guy who wants to break up a wedding. Um, so he's overnighting a uh, engagement ring and he's on his way to Hawaii to break up the, the, the wedding. Um, and it's basically him not getting the package and dealing with, uh, uh, well, Bronco is the name of the postal, uh, company, but it's obviously like FedEx and it's, it goes from zero to a hundred. But it's named after the Uwe Boll movie. I was going to say. I I, I wish they would have kept Bronco, (laughs) but yeah, it's called Postal. Um, Next up was uh, was uh, Pledge, um, which I I, I think this is one of the films that came out that just kind of disappeared really, really quickly. I was very pleasantly surprised by that one. Yeah, it's it's it doesn't waste any time. It's like seventy, it's like seventy five minutes. And it's just a bunch of dorky guys that are trying to pledge at a fraternity that pledge at the wrong fraternity and get and just hell ensues them. Um, and it's really good. It has one of the best like stinger endings that I've seen in a long, long time. Um, and then uh, let's see Booksmart, which was wow. uh, I, I cried. I laughed a lot. I cried a little bit more. Um, just kind of unexpected too. I thought that it was just so uh, like timely as well as um, just a great coming of age story. It really wasn't pitched like in the trailers and stuff as a coming of age story, mm-hmm. but it really is. That's exactly what it is. And um, I honestly, I skipped out on it and I was just going to watch it at home and it became obviously one of my, one of my favorites, a great script. It's very smart and it's just really 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 funny you like adore these two characters like their relationship like you're rooting for them oh the it's whole perfect time. yeah and, and in, a, in a way it's timeless also like it's timely and timeless like this is something like i love it when they do that in films where they make it so it's not of a certain time and you can just enjoy the, the characters move everything along it's not relying on technology dated technology or anything it's kind of they kind of bring in everything don't they with yeah and it, it feels is very- like no matter how old you are you can relate to kind of like the setup for everything other than them calling like an uber like yeah everything is very like down to earth what kids really go through there's an audiobook joke in that movie too which made me die laughing (laughs) oh god (laughs) Uh, sean do you love audiobooks (laughs) Uh, i'm trying not to say too much i'm trying not to you know self-promote too much right now (laughs) um next up was another festival film i think this comes out february 
February of next year was uh, St. Francis. Um, oh. It's kind of about, yeah, it's, it's really, really great. It's a uh, kind of a down on her luck uh, uh, woman who uh, goes through an abortion and then is kind of a deadbeat in a way. Uh, she gets a job as a nanny for a, um, a couple. And she kind of friends this eight-year-old little girl, and it just gets, I don't know. I, I was having a really, really tough time not crying when I was saying that because I started remembering the movie. But it's really, really sweet. Um, but not just, manipulative or saccharine at all. It's, it's one of Yeah, the it's just very genuine. Genuine, yeah, warm-hearted. Yeah, nice. Funny and it's just a really perfect, like a very, very perfect movie. So um, I really hope that it takes off because it got picked up by uh, Oscilloscope. And I don't know if they have the greatest distribution plan for films, but they do pick up a lot of wonderful movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I really hope uh, it takes off. Um now back to horror. Uh, so <laughs> next up is uh, another um, kind of festival flick. It's called This Is Our Home. Um, it is about this couple who uh, is staying at uh, the, the guy's uh, parents' house, kind of like out in the woods. And they're kind of, uh, kind of rekindling their relationship, him and his wife. And then uh, one evening, a little boy comes to the door and uh, he's lost. So they take him in and they pamper him and feed him. And then he starts calling them mom and dad. And it slowly devolves into this. Uh, it's their kid. And they think it's their kid. And there's like this very weird presence throughout the film once the kid shows up and what the whole overall goal is for the child. Very, very good, uh, extremely slow in that regard, but also a very good burn, too. And um, it's really well shot, and it's very comparable as far as, uh, like, cinematography and score. It's very 70s and 80s-esque, uh, very hammerish, um, but also has this kind of, like, new age glam look to it. Uh, so it's very, very good. Watch out for that. Um, next up was Guns Akimbo which is uh, Samara Weaving and Daniel Radcliffe. Um, the, the world has turned into kind of like this very chaotic game. Um, so people can sit at their computers and bet on these people that are put in this game to kill one another. And it's, uh, it's kind of like closed off, but it happens like also in the real world but they have, you know, just these rampages that people are trying to, you know, bid and then kill, bid and kill. And uh, Daniel Radcliffe plays a programmer who plays like on this, one of this app games or something like that. The squirrel trying to get nuts or something. And um, he gets on one of the forums and just starts talking trash about how terrible this system is, how terrible the people are that are running it. And then um, kind of the, uh, what do you call the people that run like uh, webmasters or something? They see that. So they track his IP and then send the people that kind of run the game to his house to put him in the game. And they bolt uh, two guns to his hands with uh, like uh, 200 rounds of ammo 
and he is pit up against all these other guys that are trying. He has the highest bounty. All right, kid, I'm holding the elevator doors. What you're saying is it's Fortnite (laughs) meets Hostel where Harry Potter gets dropped in the game. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, there you go. What's this called? What's this called? Guns of Kimbo. Guns of Kimbo. That sounds like a Kimbo. Akimbo. Guns Akimbo. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an old-fashioned word. Yeah, it's okay. by the guy that directed Deathgasm. So Perfect. Uh, okay, makes yeah. so much sense now. Okay. That, that, that helps a little bit. And then um, last but not least, uh, VHS, which is uh, totally my type of shit, directed by uh, Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon's kid. Um, it is basically you watch a videotape of – it's it, – they're putting on a family video, but the family video has been recorded over with different shows and commercials in order to tell this kind of narrative story of this kid who gets a camera for Christmas. And so it's a look at anybody that had a video camera <laughs> accidentally recording over a family movie <laughs> with uh, random, you know, shit. And it's very, very funny. It's very heartfelt. And it's, it really is just genuinely just perfect. WNUF um, meets a Christmas story. Let's go. Keep going. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's it. That's 10. Nice. So. All right. So now we're moving along to top Blu-rays of 2019. Oh. <clears throat> All right, Sean, you uh, doing Blu-ray. five again? Yeah. You got to yeah, bend down and get them? Yeah, I got to get them. They're in my there. <laughs> All right. Um, kind of five, but I, I do have a few like audible mentions. <laughs> okay, we good. We'll make it. We'll make it ten, I guess, or around. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, make them. it ten. That's, I'm that's gonna love this all together. What the um, fuck? Audible mentions. <laughs> 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 but it's it's more than ten with the honorable mentions, so that's why I got to lump them together. Oh my um, god. Um, okay. I got to give a big shout out to Mill Creek, which uh, for releasing uh, Andy Sedaris films on Baby Blue. Um, these, of course they had like that big old, they had a DVD box set and it's been fun seeing them release these on uh, Blu-ray. Um, I wish they were like, you know, a company forward thinking company and would be like, Oh, let's put these all in this amazing box set, but they didn't, but, uh, to have those on Blu-ray is a lot of fun. Um, and then, um, we had a screen factory kind of taking stuff from twilight time and saying, Hey, we can do a little bit better than twilight time. The vampires and the blah, blu-rays are awesome. Um, and then the release of silver bullet is a uh, great to have on blu-ray. Um, I think before umbrella from Australia had released that. Is that a new transfer on silver bullet? Um, I don't know. I can never tell. They, 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 they started kicking up the new transfer stuff on, on a lot of their films. So. It looks good. I mean, it looks good. The other one looked, the umbrellas looked good too, but, just to have it from them with a few new interviews. And um, I think it's a movie that's underrated. I love silver bullet. It's awesome. Gary Busey's finest hour. I think it's a movie where Gary Busey plays Gary Busey and it works. Oh man. It's amazing. Um, all right. So jumping off that point with uh, screen factory, they did the kind of the same thing with night of the creeps. Um, night of the creeps had a awful us release and uh, they fixed that. There's been a few good UK releases or a couple yeah, you, uh, Eureka has a. I mean, it's the same same transfer, I think. Yeah, but it's uh, it's yeah. it, both are good packages. Yep. So they released it. Some great uh, great box art. They actually used the original cover for their collector's edition instead of someone's like 
some weird, crazy abortion of artwork that they usually put on the front of their uh, collector's editions. So it was nice to have that <clears throat> as their the, the slip. I actually got that uh, Tom Atkins doll thing. Oh, did you? Well, because, dude, like, number one, when can you own a Tom Atkins doll, first off? And right. second, they actually put him holding a can of beer. Like, you can put a can of beer in his hand. Yeah. Is that <laughs> That's the only time I've been tempted yeah, it was like this only time. Like I've never done that. I don't collect like action figures or whatever you guys call them. Collect I, people get really offended when you call them toys. But um, yeah, I, oh. I just like I get to own a Tom Atkins doll from Night of the Creeps holding a can of beer and a shotgun. Done. Oh yeah. So, well, and they uh, used him in a, a short film at Fantastic Fest, right? About um, the Zodiac Killer. He was oh, like investigating it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking um ted ted cruz yeah ted cruz is the that <laughs> killer god that shit it's a good so, use good use such a good happen. fucking bumper oh my god <laughs> all right um moving along are we i forgot about we're not doing we gotta do elevator pictures i guess on these right um a a ditzy teen girl's boyfriend's <laughs> brain gets put into <laughs> a uh, <laughs> Tammy and the T-Rex. you're doing great uh, robotic T-Rex <laughs> with Tammy added gore. Tammy and the T-Rex. Um, I never even, I, I'd heard, this is one of those movies I'd heard as a kid, like not as a kid, but as younger. And I was always like, Oh, that looks dumb. And when Brad told me there was a cut with gore, like an R-rated cut, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Who would, who would do that? I think I was, t- uh, I told you something like that before it was like announced. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? Because I didn't know about it either. Because when we were talking about it, you know, uh, Vinegar Syndrome was like, we're doing Tammy and the T Rex. Why? <laughs> like, that movie is like funny in a weird way. And they're like, well, there's just like 10 minutes of extra footage. And I'm like, what is it? And they're like, it's gore. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, are you serious? I need to see this shit. And I watched it. I'm like, man, it's like, it elevate. I still think Tammy and the T Rex works without the gore and all that stuff. I think it's very, very funny and goofy. Bonkers, yeah. It just kind of like elevates it a little bit more to its like absurdity. Like it's just really, really good. Yeah, really funny. Great with a crowd. So, that director's nuts too. It's from uh, the director of Sean's yes. favorite movie, The Ice Pirates. Yeah, yes. Mac and Mac and me. Uh, uh-huh. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart <laughs> Raffle. Yeah. How do you make those three movies in one lifetime? It's nuts. Dude, I Amazing. Like, that guy is uh, like firing an all fucking 18 cylinders. <laughs> like he's insane. But yeah, yeah. So Tammy T-Rex, God bless Vinegar Syndrome for bringing uh, Tammy T-Rex to f- freaking 4K. Yeah. <laughs> 4K Blu-ray. That was like, the other the thing. Hell? You're like, hey, let's dip into 4K. <laughs> What's the first title? Uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy and the T-Rex. Like, oh, my God. This is like we're trolling the community at the same time. Amazing. Like it's, But it's also like just one of those things where, um, you know, it's uh, we, we really did test it out. Like, like we wanted to know if there is like, I mean, we have that question ourselves. Like, how much better can it look? And, um, yeah, we did. We did test with it and it look better and that's that's what we went uh that's what we went with so when you guys uh, announced that 4k uhd i thought it i honestly thought it was like a fan photoshop or something yeah i mean when we announced <laughs> it, a lot of people said are you serious like is this just a joke and i'm like this no, is like it's a good burger actually, criterion it's yeah it's actually for real and we're we're testing it out and i think testing it out on a movie that was unexpected is actually the best 
way to go to see. And it, it really was received well. It's literally nothing but positive comments like on Twitter. Facebook is also a cesspool of negativity. But <laughs> I mean, for the most part, I mean, it was very positive. So, I mean, going forward, yeah, there's going to be more uh, more 4K. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be uh, hobnob and vinegar syndrome a little bit more here for the next one. Um, uh, ghoul farts <laughs> on Blu-ray. Uh, spookies, Look, of man. course, getting a Mud Men, yeah, getting a Blu-ray release, which was like, this has been like the pinnacle of like collectors have been like wanting Spookies for so long. And I want to give some time here, Brad, for you to tell your story on how Spookies made its way to Blu-ray, because I don't think we've had a chance to document that. Well, um, yeah, I, I, I will I will refrain from telling too much. Okay. Um, I mean, it is fun to keep the mystery going. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, this was like, what the fuck? How did you guys, how did that, how does, well, kind of landed? what happened was, is, uh, I, I mentioned it in the very beginning. And of course, like, I mean, just the history of the film of the, the, tr- the troublesome, uh, production. And then also like, uh, so yeah, I mean, it just kind of was like, oh, that's, that's very difficult. You know, that's a hard thing to, to do, you know, who knows what's going on. And, um, so I just, just one day I was just, I was like, man, I'm going to look at this, you know, I, cause I, I'm like, you know, you told one thing and that's kind of like how this whole thing happened with, with kind of the online community is that one person basically said, yeah, the rights are, you know, uh, gone or whatever it may be. Just all these kind of just things that are said and then people take it and just race with it. Mm-hmm. And so that you're always told, oh, that's impossible. That's not going to happen. That, and I was like, well, I, I, I haven't been told that personally, like from a reliable source, I would say. So um, I just kind of took it upon myself, uh, you know, with obviously permission, working as a, as a team with, uh, with vinegar syndrome and um, something happened. And uh, I called uh, my team and I said, Hey, this is kind of where we're at. And this is really weird. And I think that something's been uncovered here and, you know, we got together and talked about it and uh, it happened. That's Amazing. about all I can, that's all I can say, but uh, right. it was, uh, it was a wild ride and um, yeah, I, I was honestly, when it happened, I couldn't believe it did, but uh, it was um, it's a, uh, it's kind of still like, it didn't, it didn't really hit me until I, uh, I, I went to uh, Connecticut for the black Friday thing to, to help um, ship and pack. And I, I held it in my hands and I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, we did it, you know? Yeah. We, 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 we fucking did it. You know, there was, was much rejoicing. Yeah. I, basically, I should, Vinegar Syndrome should have uh, got producing credit for like a million podcasts. But uh, <laughs> we didn't. But anyways, yeah, I'm nice. glad. It, obviously, people were really thrilled about it. Um, you know, it's, it's also one of those things where it's not that like, great of a movie it's just no, really it's, fun it's a fun um, oddity with a crazy history it's you know people like us would want to have these movies yeah. like this in our, in our collection with you know with some fun extra features because the story of it is 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 hilarious um and crazy so yeah the documentary is longer than the actual movie yeah. which is always a great sign totally. yeah totally. gingles uh documentary is really really good so yeah. good all right, moving along. Uh, these are <clears throat> these next two are kind of uh, 
reissues, things that I've had on Blu-ray before, but uh, Arrow films kind of knocked these out of the park. And I had I bought RoboCop for like the billionth time on Blu-ray. Um, but Arrow, of course, Arrow with their crazy packaging and they just, it's so, it's so sexy. I love it. Um, so I got that one and they did, they did, I got the box one, not the, not the, um, so did I, Sean. Not so the, did uh, I. I can't help myself. Not the tin, not the tin or whatever, the steel book. Um, but actually, actually, funny story. I actually forgot I'd ordered the UK steel book because it was like a couple bucks cheaper. Um, and I forgot that I did it. And then they released, then they announced that they're releasing the US version. And, uh, cause they did that later. <laughs> And I totally forgot. So I got both versions. I'm trying to, I'm trying to sell the UK steelbook. If anybody wants to buy it from me, just let me know. Um, <laughs> and then just, just shoot me a DM on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, my handle is uh, Sean Nerds. Um, and then next up is uh, another movie I've bought countless times on every imaginable, you know, release um, an American werewolf in London got the same treatment from arrow. And it's uh Gorgeous. The documentary is amazing. Um, looks fantastic. The best it's looked. And uh, so that's those are my favorite uh, Blu-ray releases of 2009. So did I, Sean. So did I. <laughs> so. All right. Um, I'll go because we basically already talked about Spookies. I know it's probably in poor taste to pick uh, uh, movies that you um, <laughs> yeah, for a company you work for, but I don't really give a fuck. Um, it's well, that's the whole thing. Like you're, you can bring movies you want and make the releases help make the releases you want. So it's like, yeah, like, it's, uh, you know, I, I love it. I love holding it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm really, really stoked about it. It's got two documentaries on it, um, about the making of and a, a more in-depth look at, uh, Bibco and, uh, Michael Lee. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's really is just, it is one of our more stacked, um, blu-ray so plenty of special features to go go around um next up i'll get the vinegar i only had two uh well two and a half vinegar syndrome uh <laughs> titles here it was uh, the corruption of chris miller uh directed by uh juan antonio bardem who is uh, javier bardem's uncle uh, basically a spanish giallo um it's uh looks absolutely beautiful um when there's uh I think a short film on there. And there's also a, uh, an interview with an older interview because, uh, Bardem is, is, uh, is gone, but, uh, older interview with him. Um, just a really great film. I know Stephanie, I think really likes this one too. Yeah. You hand sold that movie to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I will say Brad is great at that. He really takes into consideration your taste and yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't throw things that I like. I want to know what you like, you know? So I've always done that because it's one thing. If you're working one of those tables, people come up and ask what's good. Well, if you recommend something bad to somebody or something that they may not like, then they might not be a returning customer. So I got to find out what people dig. Stephanie's easy because she has a wide, like, she likes a lot of variety, so very I sophisticated think, taste. Thank you. Well, you are. I I noticed you're selling decoder to everyone, and then I finally watched decoder. I'm like, okay, he's he's pushing it a little with this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this movie, but it's very unique. It's it's really like decoder's like one of those movies that's a little little rough for people, but I think I think it will find its audience. I think it will find its audience. Fred, would you um, say that you're a decoder fanning? 
when you try to push it? No, but but I have another one, Brett. Maybe maybe you should, instead of saying Spanish giallo, you should call it an amarillo. How about that? I will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So next up is the half. This is... uh, Obviously, this is Arrow that released this, but um, you know, it's definitely a big collaboration um, with as far as the restoration. And also, there's a, a booklet is written by um, um, one of the founders of the Nerd Syndrome, Joe Rubin. So it is The Prey. Uh, this was really funny because they announced this on April 1st and they announced it as the Gypsy <laughs> Cut. Um, which did exist. I mean, people knew about it, but it wasn't very widely known that there was another cut of the prey. Um, I thought I had the gypsy cut, but what I had was just uh, like just a few minutes longer. I didn't know that there was uh, basically, I think it's um, 17 minutes that that is added to the movie. Um, so, uh, one, the prey has always just had a VHS release and it's a very, very dark movie. Um, very hard to see certain things and just kind of a, 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 I'd say maybe a little bit of a boring side of a slasher film, but still good. Um, however, I think the gypsy cut makes everything change a lot more because you understand, the killer a little bit more because of the flashbacks and everything that has happened to him. So arrow did, uh, they do the theatrical cut, which they done a 2k restoration and then they did a 2k restoration of the gypsy cut. So you have two cuts, uh, both restored and it's just, it, it really, it elevates the movie a little bit more, I think. And it's just a really nice package. Of course, um, they put the original or the international cover on it. What I think is really, really funny because it has those giant hands and that cart. That's another thing is they released that people didn't recognize that cover. The big man and, hands. Yeah. They just thought that was a joke. And I was like, no, that's, that's the old like UK VHS and people, I mean, it was just one of these things that took off and I was like really excited. I'm like, holy shit. I think they're really serious. And um, yeah, just a, just a great, um, great release. Um, another arrow, uh, release, um, was the Hills have eyes part two. Um, this movie always gets shit on. I, I really, really like it. Uh, it's got a great, um, I don't know how does it say how long it is. There is a small little, like not doc, but there is a, uh, very long, uh, making of, uh, it doesn't really say how long it is. Uh, making of uh, kind of documentary uh, interview style with a lot of the, you know, remaining um, actor, new interviews with the remaining actors and producers and people that helped out on the film kind of give the history about why Wes made this movie and kind of opened my eyes to a couple things I didn't know. Um, you know, he, he filmed this before nightmare on Elm street, but it was released afterwards, which I did not know. Um, because he was trying to get Nightmare on Elm Street off the ground. Um, so he was getting get kind of anxious, wanted to make another movie. So he had The Hills of Ice Part Two. So he filmed, you know, basically an hour of this movie. That um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street got picked up. Uh, they made the film. And then he went back and added the flashbacks to make it a feature. That's the reason why the flashbacks are there. Cause basically they, they had, you know, he, he didn't want to do it and he kind of abandoned the movie, but he wanted to finish it because people were like, well, you need to finish this movie. We all worked on it. 
And um, yeah, that's kind of how Hell's Vice Part Two came about. And also, uh, Harry Manfredini also almost uh, scored uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which I didn't know. Uh, Harry Manfredini accepted the the job, but eventually it went to uh, Charles Bernstein, I think it was. Um, but uh, yeah. It's a it's a really in depth kind of look at everything. Obviously, people talking, you know, they know that kind of the history of the movie, of course, because they all worked on it and they find it humorous. And um, I don't know, it's just it's a, it's a really good package. I always I'm always forgiving of the movie because I don't think the flashbacks are that long. It's not like Silent Night, Deadly Night Two, where <laughs> you know, an hour of its flashbacks and like twenty minutes of actual new footage. I guess it's the other way around on this one, and I really like it. And plus, I like Beast a lot. I like how he has a flashback. Um, so next up was the Ring box set. Um, really, really happy with this, just because I've been a fan of uh, this Ring series for a long, long time, and it's always kind of had weird uh, releases uh, throughout its history. Once, kind of uh, more so once the remake came out in America, which is a one of the best remakes uh, in the world. Um, but uh, basically the main thing that I wanted is ring two. Cause I think that's, it is such a fantastic sequel. It has such this overbearing sense of dread throughout the film. Cause it's already established um, what's going on and, and it's just really haunting and also has one of the best, like uh, with their, when they're in the well and um, uh, Sadako is after them. But um, yeah, all, all three. So you get the, you know, the ring one and two, and then all uh, the kind of the prequel that they made. And also they, uh, on ring two, they also include Spiral, uh, which is also uh, Rosin, which is a another remake that they made. They kind of had a um, almost, uh, what was it? The Exorcist type thing where it was like dominion and then the like new beginning or whatever it was, they kind of had a similar situation with, uh, with that. So that's actually included on the second disc, which they didn't really, like, it was weird because when it was announced, I was already really pumped. And then when I got it, I noticed that I'm like, Holy shit. So, um, I just I had right. the same experience with that. I was like spiral is on here. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so good too. And it's like, uh, I finally got rid of my shitty, shitty bootleg, uh, DVD that I had. Um, so next up is another arrow title, the fifth chord. Um, this is what I consider top notch, uh, giallo. And it's just, it's very, Ooh, who's cracking open stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm huh? supposed to answer. Uh, I'm having a diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow wow mm -hmm. but anyways uh the fifth chord it, it's beautifully shot it's uh, the the color palette in the film is wonderful it has one of i still consider one of the scariest moments in a horror film was with uh kind of the hands down the hallway type thing i really um really really love the fifth chord also has a great uh great soundtrack um i think that's it for arrow uh, Vice They're Squad. not going to fuck you, Brad. No, they won't. No. <laughs> um, Vice Squad by uh, Scream Factory. Um, always really loved Vice Squad, how dirty and nasty it is. Very, very sleazy. Wingshauser is um, being Wingshauser in the film. I, I, I can't really say like Wing Wingshauser actually acts on 
sometimes when he's acting, he's not being himself, which I think Wings Hauser acting, acting like this is the different, you have different <laughs> scales of Wings Hauser acting. You have basically Wings Hauser when he very first started, where he's trying to be a different person. And then you have Wings Hauser when he became more comfortable with himself, where he just plays himself. And then you have Wings Hauser trying to act like Wings Hauser. And then you have Wings Hauser drunk in uh, shoots and stuff. And then drunk Wing Hauser is best Wings Hauser. And then you have Wings Hauser. Let me, let me see a warrant. Wings Hauser. Wings Hauser. Wings Hauser. Plays himself. Plays himself. Wings Hauser. And then you have Wingshauser when he became more comfortable with himself, where he just plays himself. And then you have Wingshauser trying to act like Wingshauser. And then you have Wingshauser drunk in uh, shoots and stuff. And then drunk Wingshauser is best Wingshauser. It's the curse of being named Wingshauser. <laughs> no, Mike, can you edit together a song of him repeatedly saying Wingshauser? <laughs> I absolutely can. So Vice Squad is Wingshauser trying to act like Wingshauser. That's kind of like where, where this hits. Um, <laughs> but it's just very, very dirty. It's it's a very sleazy and very, very mean movie. Um, but also probably one of the best kind of 80s, 70s style exploitation films um, out there. Um, next up was uh, uh, a movie from uh, Finland, um, which was uh, The White Reindeer which uh, had a uh, release over in uh, Finland on Blu-ray um, with uh, a, a very good transfer, but Eureka actually got their a hold of the, um, the rights in the UK and they put together a little bit better of a package with uh, some commentaries and, and also things you could read because everything was in um, another language and it was very, very difficult. Finish. Um, Huh? Finish. He'll finish yeah. when he's ready. Yeah, I'll, I'll finish when I'm ready. Um, but yeah, just a, it's it's a uh, Christmas horror film from the fifties um, with uh, some of the best uh, kind of great cinematography uh, by. Um, uh, it's actually shot by a known cinematographer in Finland who directed his own own movie finally um, and it's uh, basically it's very underseen but it's a, a a vampire tale with a reindeer huh yeah it's very very weird but it's it's beautifully shot but it's also very experimental that I hate using avant-garde but it's very much like that uh, but just a very, very all-around weird movie, but very, very well done at the same time. 
Um, next up was a movie that I recommended to Steph. And then she asked me, why did I recommend, why do you think I would like this movie? And that will, all, every time I see it, I think about why do you think you said, why did you say that? That's what I think about. And I don't know if she's watched it yet, but it's, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but it's, um, uh, Diane, uh, Curtis Peppermint Soda. And this is um, from 1977, uh, coming of age story uh, about two uh, sisters in France in, in the 60s who are um, dealing with uh, home life with their parents with a divorce, who go to a new school, um, who also have, uh, you know, romantic interest uh, when as they're growing, as well as there's a like, kind of a political thing going on at the same time, but also just a very good, well-rounded coming of age story that takes everything that's in a uh, teen's life that they're concerned about or things that they're learning about, but just a really, really well put together uh, transfer from uh, Cohen media who does great work. But um, yeah, Steph, have you watched Peppermint Soda yet? Not yet. I need to though. Yeah, I'll think, I, I, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it. Um, and then next up was a movie. This company always has some weird releases, and um, they're cheap enough to where I don't really complain about the quality of the films. They do wonderful movies, but they're also movies that people have never heard of. Uh, this one is a little bit more well-known, but it is, uh, this was a long time coming for uh, Lucio Fulci's Touch of Death, which is uh, by Raro Video. Um, that uh, it is a decent package. The picture looks good. It, it looks, it looks better than um, most releases that uh, they've, they've done. Yeah. Raro's um, kind of hit or miss. Yeah. It's kind of hit or miss, but also it's one of those things where they're taking what they can get because a yeah. lot of these uh, foreign films that they're, they're releasing uh, it's one, the negatives are really difficult to track down if they exist and you can only do so much legwork with these things. So um, they're they're definitely uh, uh, they're HD, but sometimes they look a little funky. Um, I think still their best work is the Delio box set and um, uh, Werewolf Woman. But uh, yeah, Touch of Death looks really good, and it's one of those Fulci movies that is rarely rarely talked about. And I think it's one of Fulci's uh, best. Uh, flicks so nice that's it what a nice <clears throat> stephanie since it was oh. supposed to go to stephanie but then brad kind of jumped in but you know that's fine no that's well, fine really mix fun. it up <laughs> uh even though i know you all talked about it a lot uh i have to also say tammy and the t-rex uh-huh. i actually watched this as a kid uh it was this was actually a huge movie in my life because it was kind of the bridge between being a kid watching dinosaur movies all the time into getting interested in horror. And uh, so this is a very strange thing to catch on Cinemax all the time. Uh, and they included the original PG-13 cut sourced from video. So it looks exactly like it did back when I watched it. And I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, but like you're saying, the director, there's a commentary on here. And I was like, finally, I'm going to get the behind the scenes, like how this crazy fucking movie came to be. 
And he he just took it so seriously, and he's so loving when he talks about it. And um, I also really appreciate Denise Richards actually doing an interview on here. Um, I, I was really hoping. I am a big Denise Richards fan. I just really like her, and she was just very sweet and loving uh, when she was talking about the movie, and she was afraid she was going to get fired off it any day. It was just, it's it's just it's a really cool thing, and I got to see it on the big screen at Fantastic Fest. And I was just sitting there like, you know, I used to watch this on my tiny TV in my bedroom when I was 12. And (laughs) I am watching it on the big screen. And it's going to be out in 4K next month. I mean, like, what's going on? It's wonderful. Um, I'm sorry, that was Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex? Yes, Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex. Okay. (laughs) And I, uh, I also have Arrow's The Ring Collection. Pretty much Brad covered it all, but um yeah again having spiral on the disc was very exciting i used to have to get these on bootleg on ebay uh great extras um yeah it's just a wonderful box set and seeing them just clear and beautiful in one solid place if you've been kind of chasing these movies for years it's a treat it's a treat guys Treat. Then we have from Criterion polyester. Shocking. There's there's a John Waters release. Shocking. (laughs) You can't tell me this isn't the best Blu-ray cover of the entire year. Oh, poster poster worthy. It is. Yeah, that's a close second. Uh, But this was great. They included the Odorama card, which is very important. And uh, the extras are great. There's clips that have been moldering in John Waters' attic for 40 years in here. Uh, They bring over the old commentary. Um, They have John Waters judge how the new Odorama card worked out on here. It just—it looks beautiful. It's it's a great uh, take on melodramas. it's just great. And pair this with Lust in the Dust from Vinegar Syndrome. So you can get all the Divine and Tab Hunter you could possibly need. Yeah. That's not true. You could never get enough. But <laughs> Okay, and next up from Scorpion Releasing, I have Opera. Dario Argento's Opera. Ooh, that was on my runner-up list, but I haven't, I haven't sat down and watched it yet. So I was like, I better wait, but I'm excited that it's out. I didn't for months. I finally sat down and I tore this thing apart, all three <laughs> discs. So they did uh, 2K scans, uh, three different cuts of the film. And um, there's commentaries on two of them and so many interviews. And this was a weird production. Uh, even if you aren't big on listening to interviews on Blu-rays, um, it was a soap opera behind the scenes on opera, and it it's great. And I'm really impressed that Scorpion uh, pulled all this off. Um, that sounded a little derisive against them. I didn't mean it to be. <laughs> it's just so impressive. Uh, and next from Blue Underground, I have a Blue Underground's a new 4K restoration of the New York Ripper. Um, just pure sleaze, one of the sleaziest dampings ever, and it looks gorgeous. Um, the original release looked really good, I thought, 
but it barely had any extras. They stuffed this one. Um, you have a new commentary. Uh, lot again, lots of really interesting interviews. I just I like how Blue Underground is handling these really sleazy '70s movies with these uh, 4K restorations because I think. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, crap, are they smoothing everything out? But they're not. The grain is still there. They, it still looks like it's from the time period. It's just really beautifully cleaned up. So Yeah, those those new Blue Underground releases are like, you know, when they very first started doing it, I was kind of like, you know, and not saying anything negative against Blue Underground, but I, it was like kind of like reissue, like cash grab type thing, or like the rights are going to be gone soon, so let's re-release it but they're actually doing very very good like new um new transfers uh like better special features if they can add them and the packaging's really good and they're adding the soundtrack so i ate my words right after like zombie i think zombie was the first one and now it's just like Mm. you know they did like even like justine and stuff like that and um yeah they're doing fantastic work i just i kind of wish they would do new movies too rather than all, all these reissues but i'm really really happy with uh, all the reissues they've been doing yeah maniac was great too yeah i don't know hopefully they're making a lot of money off these so they can start going i feel like they're kind of rebuilding with these new 4k releases uh, well, just films that uh lustig owns at this point well yeah uh, you know, he's, he's re-releasing. I, I don't know if he's like really into a lot of newer, newer titles, you know, I just think he's, you know, just using what he has the, with the technology and everything like that. Just, uh, you know, just having fun as Bill Lustig would do. I also love how they're lenticular covers. So you can see like the maniacs gene bulge <laughs> Same with the knife here. Classy stuff. <laughs> uh next up i have the crimson peak limited edition from arrow mm. um the original blu-ray that came out was actually pretty great it was yeah. pretty stacked um i don't think i was originally going to upgrade uh, until i got a, a really good deal on it and the packaging is stupid stupid beautiful yeah. was it that Yellow- hamilton books uh deal when it got really cheap uh, I don't think so. I think it was just like a quick price drop on Amazon or something. Yeah, I think that's I when I got it too. They 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 dropped the price down on Amazon for a bit, and I snatched it up. Yeah, Hamilton Books like had them for like I don't know, it's like twenty five bucks or something like that one yeah. time, and I I picked it up uh picked it up then. My dad used to order books from them from a paper brochure. Yeah, I yeah, I was like, I used to buy CDs from them. So I've had a Hamilton Books uh, account since I was like a teenager. And then they started, they didn't do movies back in the day. They did books. No, no. They did books originally, and then they did CDs. And they used to do used stuff. They used to do used CDs uh, for a while. Um, yeah, they just keep changing. So obviously they're doing well. But yeah, I'll always buy from them. Uh, so, but. Um, a lot of this is consolidating some of the extras, like little featurettes into just one chunk of a documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the there's this gorgeous hardcover book included that's filled with art and essay. And with uh, Guillermo del Toro, I like a little pomp 
and like a sumptuous presentation with his things. So yeah. I'm, I keep hoping they're going to do a shape of water criterion or arrow. Just, I, I like them to be fancy, but it's, it's a beautiful set. If you're a fan already, or if you missed out on it, or if you're like, it was okay, but I'm not sure that's one of his best. I like it more every single time I rewatch it. And the set's a really fun way to jump back in. Uh, next, I also have uh, Scream Factory's The Blob. Yeah. And this was another one where I had the umbrella release. I'm like, I'm good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Until I saw that there's like three commentaries, hours and hours and hours of extras. And I, I've literally listened and watched everything on here. You guys. Yes. Nice. Do you remember? Like, yes. Four movies. I just want. <laughs> Steph, years ago, you got uh, the import of the blob, and what what did that import sticker say? I remember it being really fun. Oh wow! <laughs> Good memory. I kept it. Yeah, I bought it used at Zia Records over here in Las Vegas, and it's a Region Zero release. And they had a sticker they themselves put on that said. No region will not play <laughs> in your player. I'm like, what? And then I, I just thought that was so cute. And I came back a couple months later and I looked at it. And they changed the wording to no region to zero regions will not work on your player. So <laughs> not only is the information incorrect, but the fact that they're like, no, we have to word this different. This is dangerous. If people buy the blob and they can't play it. <laughs> So I, I cut out the sticker and I put it in and I traded it in once I got this one, but I still have the little because <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know why it's very funny to me. And when I brought it back in, I almost felt like saying, okay, this is zero region. Don't freak out. It actually means everyone can play it. It's okay, you guys. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, this is a blast. I think... I, I mentioned before, I think this will end up being maybe Scream Factory's quintessential release. Okay, so back to Arrow. Uh, <laughs> I have Alice, sweet Alice. Um, so good. So good. Uh, brand new 2K restoration. It looks beautiful. Again, a lot like the New York Ripper. It's not smoothed out nonsense. It looks like it's from the 1970s. It looks like it was shot on film. Um the commentaries are wonderful. I really love Alfred Soul talking about the film because uh, I, I really like his connection to this film. He's he you can tell he really loves it. He's proud of it, but he's really kind of pragmatic about how everything uh, turned out and all the issues they had working with it. Um, and they also have I think it was the TV cut or like the holy terror cut of the film on here. Um, yeah, it, it's just a really all over great release, wonderful artwork. And last but not least, I have all of signatures, a bucket of blood, Ooh. Um, which is, uh, uh, what's his name? Elijah Drenner, who did the, um, Dick, that guy, Dick Miller, documentary he did the commentary on here they used clips from the documentary and he kind of spearheaded most of the extras on here and they're incredible they're even i like 
cute little things. Like here they have the super eight version of a bucket of blood. So you have like the eight minute reel of it as a silent film. And I, I just love this film and we lost Dick Miller this year. Um, it's just a great presentation. So that's my list. Awesome. awesome. Elijah is a good buddy of mine and he helps out a lot with uh, vinegar syndrome stuff. Good job. All right, here we go. Let's do uh, elevator pitches. You guys guess the movie, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll do them fast. Uh, I'm going to say the name of the uh, the label, and then I'll give you the elevator pitch, and you tell me what movie it is, okay? Okay. All right. Uh, Warner Archive. <clears throat> oh, I'm doing like one from each label. Um, okay. Because I, I know Arrow won't fuck me. So let's do <laughs> Warner Archive. I'm still trying. Uh, I'll say cat and mouse, rock and rap. Demise! Cat and mouse, rock and rat. Rap. Like rap. Hip hop. Uh, <laughs> man, I. House I Party. Know. House Party 2. House Party 2. <laughs> the Warner Archive box set of House Party. <laughs> well, I mean, Warner New Line did release House Party, so uh. shots are not far off. No, Judgment Night. Come on. Oh, Cat mouse. oh nice, that's nice, a good nice. one. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a great one. Bare Bones, uh, as Warner Archive is wont to do, but uh, amazing disc. I'm glad it's out there. Uh, next one is, I'll make this one easier. Uh, Bud Schulberg <laughs> predicts Trump. Criteria. Face in the crowd. There you go. Uh, oh, shit, that's oh, really that's good. good, Steph. That, that good almost one. made mine. Stack oh, disc uh, from Criterion. Next one's from Code Red Ronin. Um, I will say Karen Black and fake Lydia Dietz get the evil queens. My lord, we found it. Well, then what are you waiting for? Bring it in. (gasps) Magic mirror. Evening. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Is this not the most perfect kingdom of them all? Well, no. technically, you're, you're not, not a king. king. <sighs> 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 oh, um, mirror, 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 mirror. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, yeah. mirror, mirror. And I and I put uh, mirror, mirror one and two because they kind of released it in a bundle around uh, Halloween. I was uh, happy to have those. Uh, next one's from Severin. Um, they said it was the Italian Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, but it's more like Italian Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Oh, yeah, Night, uh, um, Night Ripper. Uh, hey, girl, how you doing? You are the woman that I'm really pursuing And I would like to get to know you Can you give me your name? If you jot down your number You'll get mine in exchange Hey, See, I'm the man of this town And I hope you wouldn't mind If I showed you around So when you go to certain places You'll be thinking of me We got people to meet in many places to see Hey Well, Night Ripper's the the album. 
but no, Night Killer. You're close. Night but... Night Killer. Night Killer. Yeah. Shit. Uh, <laughs> next one is a studio release from Paramount. It's the uh, the 4K UHD disc. It's like Ad Astra, but in space. Ad Astra. No, it's like Ad Astra, <laughs> but in space. Um, life. I don't know. High oh. Life. No, Apocalypse Now. I said it was Paramount, a studio <laughs> disc. No, uh, the, the final cut of Apocalypse Now. Uh, amazing. <laughs> in UHD. <laughs> um, next one See, is... You're from, too witty for me right now, man. You're, you're like, you're operating on a whole other level. Next one is from Scream Factory. Uh, the Terminator has pizza scissors. <laughs> Wait. The Terminator has pizza scissors? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Scream Factory. Why do I know this? Oh fuck! I think I've made that joke. <laughs> uh, Cobra. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Sorry, I had a sip of Diet Coke. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lisa, did, did they release a? Uh, did they release a Blu-ray of Cobra? Oh yes, sir. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's stacked. Yeah, that's the great. Fuck was I at? Oh, Cobra. I don't know. Probably doing a Audio goddamn book. audiobook. <laughs> 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 you're reading like uh what, what was it uh grandpa reading porn to his uh grandkids. yeah 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 that was, that was that was a review i got i was like a grandpa reading porn to his children uh-huh how do you uh, read porn to your children i don't know it's a dumb review hey if you listen to this podcast chris i know that was you <laughs> chris <laughs> listening i know that was you all right next one brad can't guess because it's vinegar syndrome but uh, <laughs> uh, JJ sits and talks about uh, <laughs> regional horror. Night yeah. beast. Yeah, night beast. Night beast. <laughs> it's so weird that the year ends with JJ Abrams making Star Wars. Oh my God. Did we lose Mike? No. Hold on. Mike, are you there? Mike, are you there? But halfway right. through the year, he was like, right. right, right, right. wait, 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 retake, retake, retake. You said JJ Abram ends the year with. Go. Yeah, he ends the year with Star Wars, but uh, it, it's weird that halfway through the year he sat and you know talked about this thing he did when he was seventeen. But he also doesn't get enough credit for being a horror fan for restoring a uh, Phantasm a couple yes. years ago. Because you know when people saw Rise of Skywalker, they're like, "Who knew JJ could pull off some horror aesthetic with that Emperor shit?" You know, at the end. And I was thinking, like, you know, he named a character in Star Wars after Phantasm, so <laughs> he's yeah. a he's a horror kid. Um, uh, next one is Arrow, and you know I I don't really have anything here, but I would say my my clue would be Peter Locke didn't know the dog had a flashback. <laughs> the Hell Eyes Part Two. Yeah, Dude, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, he didn't remember. <laughs> Dude, oh, man. He's so he's so earnest in that interview. He's like. Uh, He's like, now I usually read the script and I do notes with Wes and he's like, I just, I don't remember 
beast having a flashback ever coming up. He's like, I don't, I don't think I said anything about yeah. it. P- Peter Locke's inter- I wish I could have like the unedited version of Peter Locke's interview. Cause I'm sure it's really fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, by the way, since we mentioned it earlier, Elijah Drenner did do that as well. The, the documentary interview thing for Hell's Eyes oh. part. Oh, okay. Nice. nice. Um, next one is this, this is a little harder, but, um, Let's let's see. Twilight time, okay? And it's a uh, hardworking loser inherits the fortune of the Spruce Goose. Medius res, medius res. Dang it! <laughs> you were waiting to fucking say that, weren't you? <laughs> um, that sounds very. Familiar. I don't know. Brewster's millions. I don't know. <laughs> At least Brad is Brewster's millions. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Jonathan Demme's uh, Melvin and Howard. Uh, oh, yeah! I have never seen that, so oh, I didn't know that. Nope. I, I, I just uh, saw it for the first time earlier this year uh, on the old DVD, though. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, no, and the Twilight Time has a, a Jonathan Demi commentary, and oh, you know, man. it's a it's a good release. Um, last one. Jeez, uh, I'm not uh, actually. I'll just say this one because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Like there were three or four different labels that came together to uh, put this out. It's from uh, Nicholas Wending Refn. Um, on the side, he does a lot of film restoration in addition to, you know, his writing and directing, but he this year got in contact with Archal Jr. And he restored a couple of uh, his dad's pictures. He did um, wild guitar. He released online on his website. You could watch this beautiful uh, HD master of wild guitar, which, you know, had only really existed in that terrible public domain, uh, choppy VHS look, but he did fucking Ega and they put out a uh, Ega on a uh, physical media. And that's from a uh, film detective shout factory by NWR. Um, and that, it, you know, it has the worst cover of the year. If we're talking great covers like polyester, Ega definitely has the worst cover and it deserves to, you know, have a really shitty <laughs> cover. But the cool thing too, about the Ega disc is uh, they got shout yeah. to let them put on the mystery science theater episode as well. So oh, yeah, cool. don't they have the isolated tracks of uh, Arch Hall's kid doing the songs? Uh, no. Uh, uh-uh. I, I mean, I would. Oh no, on Nicholas Wendy Reffin's uh, website they do because he he flew out Arch and the Archers. Yeah, and he filmed them in 3D of all fucking things. <laughs> No, in high definition 3D. You could look this up. And they did like a half hour studio session in uh in um Nashville. They probably couldn't get the rights to wow. maybe put it on the disc. But yeah, I remember I remember reading about that and I thought I was really, really hoping that would be on the disc itself. Um I didn't pick it up yet, but I, I know that it's uh at least a well well put together uh <laughs> version of that film for for what it is. So. Oh no! It looks it looks gorgeous because I was talking to Archal Junior maybe in like January, and while I was talking to him, he was explaining to me what uh, Nick Reffin. Well, for one thing, it was funny. He was mansplaining who Nick Reffin is, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I was I was like, no, no, sir. Like I know I know who that is, and he's like, oh, well, then you'd be interested in his website. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then uh, and then I was like, oh, you got to get uh, Reffin to do Ega. And then he's like, Michael, you'll be very excited. And then, <laughs> then they just uh, announce it. So it was cute. Very nice. <clears throat> That's my ten. Cool. Awesome. awesome. You guys, job. I forgot one. Oh. Okay. 
Tell us. It's gigantic, but my notebook was right in front of it. And that's Godzilla. The, that's Godzilla, the Showa <laughs> era. It's incredible. It's just pop art and kaiju just exploded and the extras are great and it's just all in one place. I love it. And I, I'm not one of those people on complaining about how put on their shelf i display it like the art it is i love how gigantic and obnoxious it is because that's godzilla and we love him for it awesome i just need to find a spot for it that's that's my whole problem and and it'll happen it'll find i need to watch a godzilla movie yeah complete blind blind spot for me all right well, hey, everyone, I'm, I'm, we're, we're doing really good on time, everybody. I'm really I told proud. you, man. I told you we're going to do Brad's <laughs> raining it in. Brad's raining it in. Shut the <laughs> front door. <laughs> All right. So moving along, we are doing, uh, what, what, what's this title? New, um, new to me. Film Five yeah. new to me. In honor of Brian Sauer's films, new film, okay. film discoveries of 2019. We're doing I just new wrote to one me. of those. All right. So this, so. My first one is I thought it was released in 2018. It turns out it was released in 2019 here. I, I'm not sure, but oh. it's uh, it's Jordan Downey's <laughs> is Jordan Downey's The Headhunter. So I don't it's it's that's a cheat. It was, it's it's a bit of a cheat, but um well, that's a big cheat. Headhunter <laughs> was released this year. I, oh, let's see on on the website is or on online it says 2018. I guess it got the release here. This Sean's year. playing it safe. Listen, well, he only know. did five from this year. This counts towards that ten. So now he's at six. So it like <laughs> it premiered at Stitches in back then. That was the oh, yeah. only. All right, all right, jerkoid. So, so my my bad. So I'm getting this out of the way. But the Headhunters <laughs> is awesome, and it and it's, it is. It's really it good. Is the way to do a low budget, high concept film. It's so good. So I wanted to give it some love so by the guys that directed Thanks Killing. By the way, yeah. Yes. How about a killer fucking turkey? Wait, is this the, the Viking one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. It sounds amazing. Stars uh, S- on... pseudo Jeremy Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on I think is it on Shutter? Uh yeah, it's on Shutter and uh it's I mean it's it just got on Shutter, but I mean I remember I I because I told you about this like months yeah. and months ago. I like watched it. I'm like, what the fuck? This has this is Sean. Like a hundred percent. This is a Sean. Oh movie. yeah, it's really really good. And so again, I was a bit I was a bit worried that they weren't going to show the monsters, but it's like the way they do it. It's so well done. Um, like I said, it's the best way you can do a high concept, low budget because this budget yeah. was freaking small. All right, so two, so, two that was two thousand nineteen. So that's a big yeah, cheat. yeah. It's not a big cheat, big cheat. So uh, moving along, this one could be controversial, everybody. Oh, more controversial uh, than picking a 2019 movie yeah maybe yeah. Uh, this year I finally got around to watching Eli Roth's uh, The Green Inferno and I freaking loved it <laughs> and yeah, I this knew- is my first I just thought for the first time a couple months ago next I was like I'm not supposed to like <laughs> this at all I'm supposed to hate it I really enjoyed it um, <laughs> I for me I think it's one of his one of his better movies. I I don't know. I really lo- loved it. I liked that these cannibals got fucking high on weed and wanted to eat people. Uh, I don't know. I think there was, I don't know. Uh, but with all the controversy with it, ever and everything, using this indigenous indigenous uh, people for the movie, and they'd never seen a movie before, and the, of course, the first movie they see is Cannibal Holocaust, like all that. You know, yeah, it could be problematic, but um, the documentary that Scream Factory put out on here, on here 
is really, really good. Um, gives us some good insight. And um, oh, it looks like they had a lot of fun making this crazy movie. But I think there's some strong visuals. Yeah, there's some hokey stuff in it, but it's a cannibal it's a cannibal movie. I, I don't know. But yeah, I maybe it's because I had zero expectations, but I really, really uh dug it. So I don't know. Um, moving on. This uh, I've had this Blu-ray forever, and I never watched it. And I think Brad, somebody mentioned it, but it's a uh, it's Wide Out with Kate Beckinsale. Oh, it's it's it, 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 I think that movie got shit on way, way too much, and it's actually it's a really good, good kind of thriller whodunit set in the snow. I mean, yeah. The the one thing about it though, I will kind of like slap the director's hands for doing kind of the ogling shots of Kate Beckinsale in the beginning as she's just getting changed. It's like really. I mean, I appreciate the visual, but I mean, it's just like it had nothing to do with the plot at all. It was just like, okay, we're just going to ogle uh, Kate Beckinsale as she gets I'm out. Sorry, of the I, I ogle Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> everybody I mean, apologize. I'll apologize. Yeah, everybody apologize. There you go. I mean, hey. I, I did I, not I, watch I, Serendipity with a pure heart. all right i'm gonna keep on moving along here um this one everyone's talked about it i finally got around to watching it because i had watched um his newer movie um like having a brain blink right now but panos cause panos cosmatos yeah Yeah. what what was the nicholas cage movie he just did mandy 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 which i don't know why i left it off of my list here but i really had fun with that one um but i finally watched beyond the black rainbow I mean, how long have I been talking about this fucking movie? No, for years. I know. I'm, I'm, I've never sat down and watched it. So this is, you know, so I finally it. watched it. And man, oh man, everyone was Good. right. This is like a gorgeous nightmare dream logic film that uh, it's man. Um, this I mean, this deserves like a criterion level kind of Blu-ray release like this. It's uh, so good. So so yeah, I'm just joining the, the chorus with uh, with that film. Um so if you're still and there's, having, your co- there's your Cobra connection. Huh? His dad directed Cobra. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And finally, um, this got a, uh, shout select release and, uh, I finally watched, I've heard about it for years and did it come out? When did the Blu-ray come out? But, um, it's, it's by the, from the, the author of Watership Down, but it's plague, the plague dogs. Ooh, plague dogs. Plague dogs is, so fucking and it's so like it's so like dark you know i what i I love um they don't they don't do this enough they don't do dark kind of adult oriented um animated films anymore for some reason but um the plague dogs cry sean that's why fuck kids crying um (laughs) damn Okay. Why do you want to fuck <laughs> crying kids? No, I know. I like, this, this came out the wrong way. Yeah, you need um, some like commas or apostrophes or periods <laughs> or something, something in that sentence to fuck yeah, kids crying. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm not endorsing anyone. For Actually, grammatically, crying. there's nothing you can do. Would you fuck a kid? Save that sense. <laughs> yeah. Either or, you're it, it, from saying like that. Uh, anyway, the plague dogs is beautifully animated, dark as hell. Um, you're following these two dogs who escape some genetic uh, experimentation lab, but that those scenes are are like horrifying and sad, and um, it's so it's like good. This, it's like the little subplot to Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also like, kind of like uh, uh, the first version of uh, Isle of Dogs. 
wasn't wasn't oh, that a big oh. thing when the Wes Anderson movie came out? It was like it was kind of <laughs> like plague dogs, like the dogs that are quarantined on that island. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a there's a moment in Plague Dogs, and I don't want to spoil it. Um, that it gets like oh fuck, like shit just got real, and like that kind of like the a director even in making it to the movie and, and following along with the plot of the book, including that in an animated film is like is so so great so shocking in all the best ways but yeah the plague dogs if you haven't sat down and watched it um it's very nice for you not to spoil a movie that was made in the early 80s but i think this is an underseen (laughs) one though i don't i think like this i feel like every film every film is underseen no but i think this one like i i feel like this one didn't it wasn't i don't know i don't know i didn't know much about it and I, i feel like a lot of people didn't know much about it and uh, I, I, I agree. Yeah, Plague Dogs is, is pretty underseen. So when that moment happened, I was like, oh, shit. So I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I mean, that- there's only there's only two animated films in the Criterion Collection, and one of them is uh, Watership Down. So if you yeah. like the, the filmmaker's amazing. Gorgeous release. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. <laughs> All right. That's my list. All right. Who's up? Uh, you, you've been all right. All right. Are you going to do? Are you going to do uh, elevator pitches? I, I no, totally no. But I appreciated the brevity that Sean okay. displayed, so uh, I'll I'll try to do the same. Uh, only two of my five come from uh, Blu-rays, and only one of those two I've mentioned before. So I'll do this one really fast. It's Night Killer by uh, Claudio Fergasso, nineteen ninety. Um, it has everything I love in a in a bonkers uh, ripoff Italian sequel. Um, it, like I said, it, it they released it as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 in Italy, but it's more of like a Freddy Krueger uh, ripoff. I mean, to the point where, you know, the disfigured killer has like a long claw hand. Um, there's teens everywhere dancing, a great fucking uh, score. Uh, just a really bonkers movie. One you want to put on maybe at, eh, you know, if you're getting older, maybe put it on at 10 or 11. <laughs> but uh, if you're a young whippersnapper, put it on at midnight and... Uh, Take your pants off. Enjoy yourself. You know, what's, I, what's this called? I, Night Killer. You don't have Night, Night Killer. Killer? No, I think I do. Yeah, I am. Um, I just haven't watched it yet. I I played that movie at one of my marathons. It was the final movie after a after a long day, and um, people didn't like it <laughs> at all. Like, well, like clearly, you like, like it, Brad, which is important. This real reaction of like, man, Brad, you're like really a piece of shit. <laughs> but wow. of all of all people of all people janice turns to me and she goes i liked it uh-huh. Aww. <laughs> which was which was kind of crazy because that movie is not very nice at all and kind of fucked up yeah it, it'd be a good uh double feature with murder rock oh well, that is a good double feature yeah they, i played that at a marathon too and i actually have a picture of everybody sleeping <laughs> <laughs> like eight eight people uh, literally like eight or nine people like came over it was like a birthday thing and i put on murder rock and i stood in front of the television and blocked it to see if they were like like kind of like drifting off no everybody is sound asleep and i took a picture of everybody sleeping <laughs> They th- well, then they miss the best like plot turn ever, which is when they're sitting in that car and inexplicably she looks up and sees a billboard and she's like, "That's the guy who tried to kill me." And you're like, "Wait, what the fuck?" And it- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, next one is from uh, like I said, it was a, a Blu-ray discovery uh, from Warner Archive. Um, my buddy 
uh, Stash, who uh, I work on theater and film with, he years ago gave me a tape of Man from Atlantis, the uh, the pilot episode, and they put that out on uh, Blu-ray this year. It's uh, it's everything I love. You know, back when they used to shoot TV on film, so it you know it had a very cinematic look. But it's a uh, <laughs> it's an Aquaman ripoff with Patrick Duffy. Uh, <laughs> Created by it's created by the guy who wrote Phase Four for Sal um, uh, oh, Boss. Uh, what, what's his name? He has a great name, like Mayo Simons. Like his name is Mayo. If, if yeah, you just May- want May- Mayo Simon. Yeah, was, we gotta yeah. bring that back. He did uh, Future World. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. I yeah. like Future World. Yeah. So uh, 1977. It's just a fun, like I said, Aquaman ripoff. Um, has all the the tropes of uh, a '70s show with the with the music and the high melodrama and uh, Patrick Duffy has these beautiful blue eyes and his shirt off the entire time. But the way he fucking swims is amazing. He swims like uh, uh, David Hasselhoff at the end of the SpongeBob SquarePants movie, where he's just kind of like yeah. on his on his tummy, like uh, skipping across the top of the. I water. like when you say tummy. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Belinda? Um, what's her name? Yes. Yeah. What's her? I can't remember. She's in that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Montgomery. Yeah. Ugh, that's that so yeah, man from Atlantis. Um, and then I think they're restoring the entire series um, for their channel or something. I don't know. Uh, it's really short. Right? It was only like a season or something. It was like two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it just, yeah, it ran for, till like the end of 78 or something. Uh, next one, I love my stupid comedies. I slept on this one because I don't like uh, the comedy troupe that much. It's a broken lizard movie. But for some reason, maybe it was uh, my sleep deprivation. I was I watched this at like <laughs> four o'clock in the morning a couple months ago. It was so fucking funny to me. It's uh, Kevin Hefferman's 2009 movie, The Slam and Salmon, uh, where they, <laughs> they work it's at good. a restaurant. It it's is good. good. It's a really yeah. good one. It's funny as hell, man. But it's... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, is it Michael Clark Duncan? Yeah, Michael yeah. Clark Duncan. Yeah, yeah, and he's Along uh, with, the, with the group, right? He plays a, a former boxer that owns this seafood restaurant, and he owes all this money uh, for his like weird sexual kinks. So he's got to earn everything back in one night. And so he <laughs> uh, he comes up with uh, this challenge to his uh, wait staff to you know raise something ridiculous like five million dollars or something at a seafood restaurant. Um, so they're all just competing against each other, trying to, you know, get the, uh, get the bills up. Uh, really funny. Like, you know, I know people who worked in restaurant industry love, uh, waiting or, uh, you know, clerks for retail, but, um, I, I, I like it when it's a lot more heightened. We like um, waiting out of like, almost like, um, like that we have to, cause it's like the only movie about waiting, but well, waiting until then, the slam and salmon, sir. Well, I, I'm interested, man. I'm, I'm very interested in the slam and salmon because <laughs> yeah, did you watch waiting, their... waiting was a very, uh, very much a, of a disappointment. It's not broken, um, broken lizards, but most of them are doing the show that they, they have that uh, Tacoma uh, FD, like they're firefighters, huh. like just fucking around. No, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, Kevin Heffernan like writes and like he created the show, writes and directs and stars in it, and like a couple of the other Broken Lizard guys write and are in it. I haven't watched it, but I mean, I really, really want to. But yeah, it's like called Katoma FD, nice or something like that. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely check it out. You know where that is? 
No, no, I just, I was reading about it and I was very interested, but I, it takes a while for me to get around to watching a TV show, but I'll watch their stuff because I think they're really fucking funny aside from Super Troopers 2. <laughs> that was a disappointment. It was one of I, the worst movies I've seen. I do year. like beer. I do like Beer Fest. Beer Fest has. Beer one Fest of the... is good, but the best is Club Dread by far. Oh, oh, I mean, sure. With the, with silly Bill Paxton, right? <laughs> well, the, the reveal in that movie when he's like, why are you doing this? And he's like, remember that time that you said you had weed, but you didn't? <laughs> and, like, that's the whole basis of them killing everybody is because they lied about selling weed to the guy. Uh, just fucking funny. <laughs> oh, I love in Beer Fest, though, when, uh, when one of their partners dies and then they have the funeral and it's like a 10 minute scene. And then uh, his exact twin brother shows up and they're like, Oh, well you look just like him. Let's keep going. And then they go, you know, back on the, uh, yeah. the, the beer fest. I think, um, I think all their shit is really, really funny aside from, like I said, super troopers too. That's a piece anyway, of shit. Club Dread's gotta, it's not on Blu-ray or anything. Vinegar, no. Syndrome, Vinegar Syndrome, handle that shit. Do it. <laughs> yeah, let, let's yeah, do on that. Yeah. <laughs> 4K. <laughs> that could be a shout select, though. I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, next two are very special to me. <laughs> um, the uh, the first one's by Daniel Davila. It's from 2008. It's called Harrison Montgomery. It okay. So I, I love um, uh, I love like weird. Uh, midnight movies that aren't horror related, like just some weird shit you could watch, like The Room, right? Like, how yeah, did, Ruben and Ed, yeah, right. And this one is called Harrison Montgomery. It was made completely in earnest as this uh, uh, magical, with magical realism about this um, artist in San Francisco that, um, you know, he's very talented and he likes to smoke weed with Melora Walters' 12 year old daughter. And uh, he lives right above Martin Landau, who somehow cracked the Wheel of Fortune code to like how to win the lottery, uh, you know, every like 25 years or something. But um, it is it is bonkers. And I'll, I'll say this, that at the end of the movie, uh, you know, the um, the character played by Martin Landau climbs to the top of a building uh, he looks like fucking jeff bridges and fearless you know he, he outstretches his arms and he turns into a pile of cash and then, <laughs> and then like a wind blows the pile of cash all over the the tenderloin and it like it is insane the message that this movie sends uh <laughs> so you should you should look up harrison montgomery uh, i think you could uh rent it on prime video uh yeah, the last I'll, the I'll last one though the last one, though, everybody go to YouTube. You could watch this for free right now. It's from 2002. It's by this uh, screenwriter, director named Joe Aaron. It's called Crazy Jones. And let me tell you, Crazy Jones, if you're a fan of movies like The Room or uh, The Fanatic, <laughs> you, will, <laughs> you will love Crazy Jones. It's about this, uh, this man with Tourette's. And I think he also has like autism, but he works as a... Uh, landscaper in this graveyard. Oh, it's comes- a movie about the leaf blower. Yes. Yeah. Man. Yes. <laughs> oh my fucking God. This movie is hysterical. Um, again, like, I mean, some of the comedy beats are like done for laughs, but like, he's really trying to tell this tender story about a guy that befriends like this awkward 12 uh, year old girl. But, uh, and you know, she's awkward cause she has like pink hair or, or no green hair, excuse me. <laughs> and like they fucking dance in graveyards together and 
his mom tries to set him up with all these cat ladies from church and he fucking barfs all over him. And he's, he's like a mess, but, um, but he starts having these fantasies of like, uh, like hot, like real housewives. And they, they start superimposing these hot women's faces on top of the 12 year old girl that he's like, it is insane. Crazy Jones. It's been a long, long time, but yeah, I remember that. The the fucking opening of the movie is they 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 blew their whole budget on this one song. It's uh they're playing Spirit in the Sky, the original version of Spirit in the Sky, and this kid's like dancing around. And then right at the end of the song, you hear a gunshot, and then he like runs into the bathroom, and you know like his dad had committed suicide in front of him. And then it does this time jump to now, and he's like counting his uh, Tourette's pills or whatever. And oh my god, it is, it's good, guys. It's really good. Have you ever seen Ryan's Babe? No. You need to watch Ryan's Babe. It'll change your fucking life. Let's do it. Where do I find it? Um, it's on DVD from um, I can't ever pronounce it. Video uh, like Necronomicon, but it's video instead Nomicon? of Necro. Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's like Video Nomicon. Once upon a time in Hollywood. Shut the fuck up. I am right. done. All right. Um, I'm left. No, that's five. No, I said I'm the only one to go. Yeah. So you get about an hour. No. Awesome. Yeah. Here we go. I have All right. Fuck you guys. Wow. I haven't gone either. Oh, who's that? Oh. <laughs> wow. I'm just gonna take a nap. No, go ahead, Brad. All right. No, go, Steph. No, I'm, I'm done. We'll save the best for last. Um, so first up would be, uh, 1988, some girls, uh, directed by, um, can't remember. Um, (laughs) Oh, uh, Mike Hoffman, I think it was, um, stars Patrick Dempsey and Jennifer Conley. Um, it's about, uh, Patrick Dempsey. He visits his, uh, girlfriend for, uh, thanks or, goes with his girlfriend to uh, I think it's Thanksgiving and uh, her, her family is just kind of insane. Um, so he goes there, they're having dinner and everything, but she's actually telling him that, Hey, I don't want to be together anymore. I just want to be friends. And so it's him dealing like this whole week that he's being with this family who uh, he's depressed because his girlfriend's breaking up with him, but he's actually also taken back of how wacky his family is, but also really likes it. Um, But like her one sister makes advances towards him. Uh, The grandmother thinks that it is uh, her husband, like reincarnated as a young man. Um, The dad is a writer and very eccentric and walks around naked. Um, But it's this very, it's like this teen kind of comedy but also it has like this really uh great kind of uh message so he kind of develops relationships with all the family members um you know he tries to take care of the grandma he talks to her and everything like that it's just a really sweet movie um but uh yeah it's it's one of those that i've never ever heard of um and i think it was on voodoo or something and i was i was going through and I saw it was, uh, you know, directed by Michael Hoffman, who did uh, Soap Dish and uh, 
a Midsummer's Night Dream. Um, yeah, I did something. Uh, that movie with George Clooney and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. One fine day, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One fine day. So, like, he, he's just, like, he's just really good at, like, taking characters and, and, and um, like, it's just, it's a movie that has, like, six major characters, but they're all well-balanced, and uh, Patrick Dempsey is great, as usual. And um, just a really, really well-done and sweet movie. It's got a beautiful uh, relationship between um, him and the grandma. Really, really great. Um, here's one that I've have never seen. Uh, I always heard about it. I've always been kind of, I'm never, I'm not going to say against, I'm not very into adult animation movies. Like anything that's made for adult, that's either anime or cartoons. I'm not the first to see it ever. Um, but I heard a lot about this. It was released on, uh, Blu-ray this year, but perfect blue from oh. um 1997 so who good, made the man. uh sound that was yeah i made so 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 good so i i've never <laughs> i remember hearing about it but i didn't really ever look into it and then when it was released on blu-ray i looked and it was uh, you know it was rated r for like uh like brutality and stuff like that it's i mean i'm, I'm sure i'm kind of alone here with with taking so long to see it but uh it's about a a retired pop singer who is being stalked by uh, a, a a fan who's also killing people um and it's really brutal it's really mean um it has a couple horrifying i would say sequences in the film um i i come to the realization that uh, Darren Aldowski really likes this. And apparently he homages the film in some of his films. Yeah. He did a black swan. Like a, yeah. For like sequences and stuff, but it's really, really well done. It's super fucked up. Um, but yeah, just a all around uh, great movie. Like I was, I was really surprised. I, I would really like to see a live action. Uh, version of this taken to another level to be honest with you uh, yeah this, um, is one of the, this is one i think could totally work as a live action remake for sure because it's like a psychological thriller horror. yeah like there's just so much going on for it yeah so like i i, I really really liked it um this one's from 2016 um so at fantastic fest i saw the death of dick long which made my top you know 20 list that i made um, I think Death Dick Long was was great, but then when they announced, like when he was on stage, he said, "This is my second film. His first one was uh, Swiss Army Man," and I was like, "I I always I, people made fun of Swiss Army Man at scene, so I just kind of glossed over it. Didn't really care about it. it. Was also Daniel Radcliffe coming out of the whole Harry Potter thing. I just and there's always a lot of these jokes with Paul Dano about how much of a jerk he is in real life. So I just, I, I honestly, I just ignored it. And then after seeing the death of Dick Long and about how they took such a funny subject in, in a way that we would make fun of, they, they uh, played it out so serious and really heartfelt. And it's really sad to, and it's also a comedy, but it's really bizarre. It's just a weird it's perfectly set up, but it's also just a really weird uh, way to tell a story. I guess you could say. I don't want to really give away the death of Dick Long. 
so I watched this army man and I remember hearing that a corpse farts and that's it. So I put it on <laughs> and when it starts, I'm like, okay, like I kind of found it funny at, but I was like, I really hope this is in it. But Swiss army man turns out to be one of the sweetest, most heartfelt stories I've seen. Yes. It's silly. It's the same thing. A death of Dick long. It's about this guy who finds a, who's about to kill himself on a deserted Island who uh, finds a dead body uh, Daniel Radcliffe r- rushes basically is washed up on the shore and he's uh, farts and able to basically project him to a different Island to where he can actually find things to live off of. And then he realizes that this dead body is able to do things like a Swiss army knife to help him build things and, and whatnot. And um, it's just really sweet. And the whole soundtrack is basically uh, like, I don't know you say acapella, but it's a lot of humming and, and, and whistling and things like that, that uh, it's also partially a musical too, because they do a lot of the singing and, and everything like that, but it's just really, really well done. And I, I found myself with tears in my eyes, half of the film because of like the story that they're telling about how they want to get back to, you know, he wants to be back to his girlfriend. Um, but it's also kind of this buddy esque thing too. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, uh, Mike, this is definitely something you've seen, right? Yes. No, I like I like Swiss Army Man a lot. Yeah, it's uh, Steph. Yeah, I'm a fan, and I love the death of Dick Long too. Yeah. So, like, I I know I I'm alone like, on that one. Too. I like long dicks. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Yeah. That's why you don't talk to Sean. Um, <laughs> so, wow. but yeah, it's just a, really, really uh, well done movie. So everybody kind of knows it, I guess. Same thing with Perfect Blue. Um, next up was, uh, something I watched on a, on a whim, uh, I think on Thanksgiving actually. Um, so called night, uh, Terry, Terry Burke's, uh, night of fear. Um, it's a feature film, but it's, uh, like only 55 minutes and it is, uh, a movie with zero dialogue. It's and this is 1973 from Australia. Yeah. It's a woman who her car breaks down in the woods and there's this crazy fucking guy out in the woods who captures her and takes her into her home. And it's uh, her escaping. And there's no dialogue whatsoever. Uh, but it's really tight. It's, uh, it's, very, um, it's very well shot. The, the score is wonderful. And it doesn't waste any time. Obviously, it's, it's shorter than uh, a, a feature, really. But it's just really really well done and uh, honestly it wasn't even until the end of the movie i was like holy shit there was no fucking dialogue in that and there's no talking uh just a lot of screaming and and yelling um but yeah it's it's really 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 great and it's i think it's on amazon prime to 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 stream but i highly suggest checking out definitely probably my favorite favorite movie of the year as far as something new i i remember hearing about it like i think terry burke directed another film and it's uh i can't remember it's something about a hotel i think but um yeah it's night of fear really really good oh he also directed lady stay dead too which was a pretty good movie i know sean doesn't like that movie um lady. i don't think i've seen that movie yeah because you tried to like get rid of it or something you tried to like what? on and off on me 
You like bought it on Blu-ray from like Code Red, and then you like tried to get rid of it. That oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't like that one. And here's my cheek because obviously 2019 i mentioned this film countless times i don't know uh mike is on board with this one but 2019 i watched 2018's gaudy and uh i still think gaudy is like some weird (laughs) parallel universe um next level shit gaudy's amazing (laughs) And it's it's still hard to believe that Gaudi exists of how it was made and it, how it actually got made. Like, I don't... Everything that was being involved and then John Travolta and Kelly Preston being husband and wife in real life, being husband and wife in the movie, directed by Leo Rossi, who's most notable probably from Relentless and Halloween 2 as one of the paramedics it's not directed by him it was written by him and yeah, Dub. i know yeah, I, and, and lem uh lem dubs yeah i know i'm not finished i said written by leo by. i thought you said directed okay <laughs> and then and, and directed by kevin conley who played e on entourage <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like like those three things like if i would have known that like going into 2018 when Gotti was announced i just i literally was like oh stupid biopic you know but then those like uh those advertisements like on twitter and stuff started happening like put a put a hit out on the critics like, are you, are you going to believe some fat troll behind a keyboard? Or are you going to see Gotti for yourself? Like, I was like, man, it's really fucking funny. Like, I really like that kind of like in your face promotion. I know everybody was upset about it, but I was like, I find that really funny. And so it was like, I don't know. It, it like it was December of like 2018 during black Friday, they had like 99 cent movies on fucking food. And I, I, I bought it. And then I, it took me some time to getting around to watching it. Um, I did. I, I, I just like, I kept on having to pause it to like look things up because I honestly, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was actually seeing. And like, like the, the needle drops. Oh my like, God. And that's the other thing. The needle drops are absolutely just, I want to, I want to, I, I, I I, I'm never going to look this up and I'm never going to investigate it, but I really want to think that's Gotti's favorite songs. Like Gotti had a playlist on his iTunes. Oh, like when he wins the court battle and he's walking down the court steps and it cues walk like an Egyptian. Yeah, like, and like when when the the guy when it's be, the cars being blown up, they play Chop Boys. They pay uh, West End Girls. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, the friend just died. Why are we playing the Pet <laughs> Shop Boys? They're just like these weirdest needle drops. And then when they're act, actually at the like the block party, like you know, Gotti does this, like, uh, he always has a smug look, and he's, like, telling the cops off at this block party. He's like, if you want to arrest me, you go ahead and arrest me. And he's like, we're all going to have fun. And then Pitbull starts playing. And I'm like, this movie's taking place in the fucking 80s. Like, why uh-huh. is Pitbull, like, why are they playing Pitbull on the radio? No, but, th- oh, my God, the, the craziest one, though, is when they reappropriate uh, Isaac Hayes' Shaft theme. Oh, God, yes. Like, they literally have, like, it, it, it's one of the, the most famous black exploitation songs ever. <laughs> like, yeah. And they but have was, John Travolta coming out to the shaft theme after he like kills his dentist or something. But it was like, <laughs> it, like I wrote this, it was like Blondie, Deep Purple, Pet Shop Boys, Isaac Hayes, 
Peter Tosh, Dean Martin, the Bengals. Um, what else? Uh, the Animals. <laughs> Duran Duran, Pitbull. <laughs> two oh, there's two songs by there's there's like a, quite a few songs by Pitbull that I, I guess I don't I don't listen to Pitbull, so I didn't know that they were actually playing. But um, but yeah, just this really ridiculous soundtrack and um, the way it's like presented as like. Like Gotti telling a story after he's dead and then learning about how many people still love him. Oh my God. Well, you just mentioned like, the, the bookends where he does like the Zach Morris direct address as a ghost at the, yeah. the beginning and end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's oh like my, my name is John Gotti. <laughs> you're like, you're about to see a movie. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and John Travolta's playing John Gotti telling this. And I'm like, this is like, how? And it How cuts to actual footage of John Gotti too. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. It, it's something to be seen. You know what I think, I think it is? I, at one point in like 10, 15 years, we're gonna have retrospects of theaters playing Gotti. Oh, absolutely it's showgirls. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is the next showgirls. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like showgirls came out, no one really gave a shit other than it yeah. was NC seventeen in theaters. And then like fifteen years later, we are talking about uh, showgirls. I think uh, that Lindsay Lohan movie will happen first. Oh, you! you uh, I know who, I know who killed me. me. I yeah. know who killed me. Yeah. Will resurrect first, and then Gotti. Yeah, because they're, like movies, th- these things happen, and I think Showgirls is the craziest thing. And I think in twenty years we're going to be talking about Showgirls too. That pennies from heaven. <laughs> oh yeah, um. that thing's like two and a half hours long. The director's oh cut is over three hours long. Yeah. Oh no. Jesus. No, you and know what I think? It's written by the woman that plays Penny wow. in the original Showgirls, and she uh-huh. wrote and directed this movie. Uh huh. Dude, it's insane. It's an endurance test. I'm it's telling. It's so you. good. Uh, you know what I think it is with Gotti? I think they had like fifty million dollars that was like illegal, and like they were about to get discovered on the Panama Papers or something. They're like, we have to get rid of this cash now, and then they're like, let's make a movie about John Gotti. With uh, <laughs> I want to know like how much like fucking acid reflux stuff Kevin Conley took while working with the family taking on this movie like how nervous are you like making a movie for the Gotti family <laughs> who's still connected to the crime syndicate that will fucking kill you the, like, the I, guy the guy who plays John Jr he must have just thought he was going toe to toe with like you know, Muhammad Ali in those scenes with uh, John Travolta. And then like one of the only other movies he does is the boy in or billionaire boys club with Kevin Spacey. And he must've thought the same thing. And then they don't even release that one. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Dude. It's it, like, it's, it, it blew, it blew my mind. I actually watched that with Janice and she was looking up stuff too, while we were watching it. And I'm just like, I don't understand how this movie's actually out and made. But what's also so, how it's not more popular. What's so funny is if you sat someone down who knew shit about John Gotti and you're like, write down things you know about John Gotti, and then you show them the movie and then you're like, tell me about John Gotti based on, they couldn't tell you anything. I have no idea what John Gotti did at this <laughs> well, point. Like, like my mind is erased. I, I still think like Leo Rossi, obviously he's a, he's a, he's kind of a, like he's, he's smug too. So, but it just looks like, like, how do we, how do we write a John or basically a script about Gotti? I feel like they took a, 
like historic book or autobiography and went through and was like, oh, this is the cool shit. Highlight it. And they highlighted sections of the book <laughs> and then filmed those scenes because there's no continuing narrative in this movie. It's literally it's it's a soundtrack to Gotti's life of Gotti's greatest hits. So and that's funny. all it is. It's just scenes like through 30 years, just random scenes that don't actually, the only thing that funnels into a narrative storyline is the story between him and his son. But everything else is literally just like, if there's like, we're, we're basically watching seasons of Gotti and we're on season 10 and we're doing a recap of seasons <laughs> one through nine before Previously we watch season Gotti. 10. Yeah, that's exactly what we're watching. All right, I'm gonna insane. I'm gonna close down. I'm gonna have to start. We're gonna start wrapping up the Gotti conversation here. All right, just relax. I had an hour. All right, calm so, down. <laughs> calm down. All right, Sean. Steph, go ahead. I want to hear what Steph has to say. Okay, I don't know how I'm gonna follow the Gotti <laughs> conversation. Uh, but first up for me is 1988's Remote Control from Jeff Lieberman. Uh, this is one I had heard about a lot, uh, but just now got to, and it's exactly my kind of shit, which is like a 50s science fi- fiction aesthetic and approach, but through an 80s lens centered around video stores. It's so cute and fun, but it still takes the stakes. It sets up seriously. So... That was a great surprise. Is that still available the, on Blu-ray from Jeff Lieberman himself? Yeah, did you get it directly from him? Yeah, I think that's how you get it. Yeah. Um, but also, Steph, I like how you are still following Gotti because the star of that <laughs> Oh, movie, yeah. Kevin we, Dillon. That, yeah, Kevin <laughs> Dillon from Who was in Entourage, that's who was Kevin Conley, directed Gotti. <laughs> oh, All right, keep it up. Keep God. it up. Okay, next starring Turtle from Entourage. Got <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, So I was really, okay, so Kino does sales a lot. I decided to pick up Good Times, which is the Sonny and Cher movie. Um, Not expecting much, but I like kitschy 60s stuff. And I like their music. I was excited to check it out. And then I saw that it was the first non-documentary film William Friedkin directed. Wow. (laughs) And I was like, Jesus Christ. Um, and it turns out, um, I, I was assuming maybe it'd be so bad it's good. No, it's Sonny and Cher are adorable together. They're very natural. They have that obvious real-life chemistry. But it's this really charming, visually compelling movie. If you're a fan of the Monkees TV show, uh, definitely see good <laughs> This is the one where they make fun of movies, right? Yeah, they're basically yeah. pitching a studio executive. They're like, we need a Sonny and Cher movie. And they're like, how about a Weston? How about a space picture? <laughs> and they act them all out. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen it. I've always heard about it, but I've never seen Good Times. Yeah, it, it's a good time. Sorry. Ooh. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so with the sad passing of Larry Cohen this year, I was going through and seeing kind of the spaces I need to fill in. And I noticed 1987's bestseller, which he wrote, and it's directed by Rolling Thunder and, and Brain Scans John Flynn. Oh. And it's basically James Woods mind fucking Brian Dennehy for an entire <laughs> yeah. movie. Uh Brian Dennehy, he was a cop. Um, he went through kind of a traumatic thing that ended his career, but he became a best-selling author. 
uh, writing about cop related things, but he's hitting a writer's block. And all of a sudden, <laughs> James Woods comes in. You don't know who he is. We finally find out um, he's a hitman. He's like, tell my story. And Denny, he's like, you're crazy, but I hit writer's block. So, okay. So it's like <laughs> a madcap adventure of them kind of mildly maiming each other, like a love hate, weird buddy dynamic. It's really strange in that great Larry Cohen way uh, where he really fucks with dynamics. So that was really cool. I really enjoyed that one. Yep. I should have got, got this. I should have got this one on the latest, their latest sale. Oh, I didn't grab it. Did he I'll do it again, man? Did Larry Cohen say this was his favorite movie he he worked on? Why do I? I don't know. Or like his favorite script he wrote? I don't. I don't know. I think I. Have it's some, a fun script. I yeah. would be surprised. Yeah. And uh, next, uh, this is when I saw the festival, but it's from 1960. It's the Ship of Monsters, and it's a Mexican sci-fi movie. Oh. But it has every genre in it. It has these uh, women from Venus who take a man from different planets and they're trying to like restart their race. And when I say monsters, I mean, there's one who's like a coyote skeleton and they make him talk by moving a string. And he's like, he's like, why are you doing this? I would rather be dead than sleep with you. And it's just <laughs> So they finally end up on Earth, and they're like, oh, you look like us. You're actually attractive. And they meet, like, this gaucho guy, and he's a blast. He's just having fun. He's flirting. And one of the Venus women uh, turns out to be a vampire, and they have a <laughs> robot helper who has a romance with a jukebox. Uh, it's a little bit of a musical, but not really. It's um, it, it's bonkers. But it's so charming and it knows how bonkers it is. It's not one of those films that's funny in spite of itself. Uh, it's just, it knows how to pull off the weirdness. It's, wow, it's really good. It's pure joy. It's, look it's, up, everyone right now, look up, look it up on Google Images and oh my God. <laughs> yeah, incredible. it's incredible. Okay, and last, uh, this is an embarrassing one. I probably shouldn't. Oh. Don't be embarrassed. We're with us. I finally, yes, I've known about it for years. Uh, I finally saw Eyes of Laura Mars. Oh, yeah, it's oh. good. Yeah, writ, uh, written I, hey, I by... I haven't watched it either. Oh, okay. I feel better. <laughs> you have Ivan Kirshner directing. John Carpenter wrote it with the guy who did Straw Dogs on Logan's Run. And, um, okay, so, Mike, it's an American yellow so do i just call it a yellow uh-huh you call it a yellow <laughs> okay so it's a great yellow <laughs> wait wait no but well uh tommy Lee jones is in it right yes yeah, yeah so you call it a yellow okay <laughs> and he has his full eyebrows they haven't been groomed by hollywood yet and it's just delightful <laughs> that's a this uh fashion photographer who's really cool it's not like a half-ass thing they actually do these amazing photograph uh, photographic set pieces that to this day are still really cool in my opinion. Uh, she's being stalked. Someone is copying her photo shoots in their murder set pieces and she starts kind of getting the, the killer's vision and she it's a race against time to figure out what's going on and uh, on paper, it kind of seems like it'd be a stupid mess, but it's not. It's like elegant and sexy and 
um, really economic while still being fun. So I'm super glad I finally got to it. Very nice. I almost bought the uh, the paperback book of this. Why didn't you? Oh, I have a uh, paperback it's, book. It's on my list to grab. Oh, okay. It's on my list to grab. But I uh, yeah, by H.B. Gilmore. They they took the you know the screenplay from John Carpenter and and uh, David uh, Goodman, and they made a novel out of it. Which movie novelizations are super fun, especially from like seventies and eighties. They they always do a really good job. I yeah, I still have this one on a uh, VHS. <laughs> oh, very nice. It's interesting though that Tommy Lee Jones ends up in two of the non-directed uh, Carpenter scripts with uh, Black Moon Rising and uh, <laughs> The Eyes of Laura Mars. Huh. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought about that. All right. Well, we did it, everybody. We, we, uh, we got through a two-hour episode of, uh, of the Screamcast. Yeah. So Yay. I'm going to be putting this entire list in the show notes, everybody. So if you want to go back and check, um, they will be in uh, down there in the, the, the text area. And uh, so you can grab those. Look, the, look those there. I'll, if I can, uh, if I have time, I'll try to add like links, uh, you know, to Amazon or wherever. So you can uh, um, grab them if you want to buy the Blu-rays or whatever. So I'm actually putting them into the website right now as a draft before I forget. Because uh, thank you, Sean. I'm about to head to San Francisco for a week and a half. So I'll oh, forget. I didn't Humble know you were doing. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I don't know why I didn't tell you. Because I've been busy and I, I, I totally forgot. So, all right. Well, uh, let's close the show down, everybody. This will be this will be officially the first episode of 2020. So, uh, happy belated New Year, everybody, as, as you're listening to this. Happy and, New Year. Uh, you can find me, of course, over on Twitter, Sean Narrates. And you can find us over at thescreamcast.com with all of our links to our social medias there. Um, anyone else have any closing words, things you guys want to promote? plug whatever um stephanie what uh what you know if you can let us know the 20 podcasts that you're on that'd be awesome and uh, no i i don't think that's important i just want okay. to say that i have the novelization of the incredible melting man oh very nice i'm impressed i'm good baby <laughs> <laughs> right on brad anything no no Follow Brad at Brad F. Henderson, everybody. Um, there you go. And uh, okay, I got to plug my audiobook stuff because I have a lot of horror centric stuff coming out. Um, I'm doing, I narrated a, a book by Gary Brandner, of course, of the Howling fame. Uh, the Brain Eaters should be out um, probably as soon as this episode drops. So if you guys want a free copy, because I get promo codes, um, if you're listening to the show and you want to check it out, just hit me up on. Twitter or wherever, or uh, just hit me up and I can get you one. And then uh, once they're gone, if you guys can purchase those horror, especially the horror releases, that'd be awesome. But uh, anyway, find all that stuff over at, uh, uh, it's over at the, wait, where's it at? Uh, Screamingpause.com is now my voiceover stuff. Uh, And there's the podcast stuff on there for all the podcasts that I'm involved in. So um, that's all I got. All right. Thank you all for listening. Happy New Year. And uh, yeah. hey, Brad, you put a little Twitter thing out on on kind of our plans for this year. We're going to we're definitely things are kind of evening out with our crazy. This this year, this year 2019 was like this weird transition years. We were um, Brad, you were starting a new job and I was starting the side project. 
we've all been crazy busy. Steph, like I said, Stephanie's been on like 20 podcasts, you know, and uh, writing for multiple writing, uh, outlets and Angoria. Like yeah. Angoria. Yeah. So we've all been had a crazy 2019. So we, we're going to have some fun stuff in the 2000, 2020 and all of you club scum members. I know we've had some drop off with that, which is fine. Um, we're definitely going to try to ramp that up again and get some exclusive content. I oh, it's going to be ramped. But, uh, but yeah, Brad has a lot of stuff. Brad's motivated. And when Brad's motivated, everybody. You, okay. get, you get spookies on Blu-ray when Brad gets yeah, spookies That's on right. <laughs> so going to be great. He's on Gaudi, so look out. Exactly. Yeah. We, we made, he may start a side, a side podcast called the Gaudi Cast. We'll see. We'll see if we, what we can do about that. Uh, we're him minute and Mike by minute, Gaudi. Please, <laughs> yes. please. You and Mike. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. That may be a patron only thing. That would be, that's so specific. That may be, if you guys want to do that, that's a great patron, uh, uh, little side thing. If you guys want to do that. All right. Well, it's time to wrap up everybody. And, uh, we'll talk to all of you guys next time. Bye. Right. Bye. See ya. Bye. Oh, don't tell me you're leaving. The party's just begun. Oh.